1: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
3: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed and this particular episode is The Andor Report. <laughs>
4: oh <my. laughs> ding 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 <laughs> ding 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 ding
3: I was, I was so curious to see if you would remember that uh, on our uh, report shows, you usually make some noises. Uh, I I mean, that was, that was really impressive. That was like a second and a half pause and you were right in there with the, the sound of a reckoning.
4: The important thing about yes and is there's not necessarily a rush on it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's yes and ellipsis, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Well, that was absolutely great sound of reckoning. We are super excited to be here to discuss the new Star Wars show and or, uh, of course, the first three episodes were released on Disney Plus, and we are very excited to discuss them. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw.
4: I'm Ken Napsok. Really, really excited. This is a show that... Gosh, I think we heard about it four years ago, a show that has faced a <laughs> lot of, well, why would we want that? The guy dies, and uh, the conversation of it has changed, and to finally be here. And then to still see that the conversation still going to change about the show because it surprises in
3: so many ways, uh,
4: I just uh, i have been waiting for this day, and here we are.
3: Yeah, the uh, good conversation going around of like, hey, remember, this was announced in
5: 2018.
3: (laughs) Mm. Uh, Reminder, uh, not only of the sort of time warp of the pandemic, but how long it does take some of these projects to get up and moving. Uh, We are very glad it's here. We're going to try to get into it quickly because we're going to talk about this for a while. There are a lot of rich, rich ideas. A lot of uh, fun and whimsy, breaking some new ground from Star Wars, but also paying tribute to a lot of the uh, classic underpinning ideas of Star Wars. Uh, Plus, we get to talk about three episodes at once. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, episode one, two and three, all written by Tony Gilroy, all directed by uh, Toby Haynes. Uh, Toby Haynes is a, a British television director, and he's done work on all sorts of things, some critical episodes of Doctor Who, uh, Sherlock, Being Human, Black Mirror, Jonathan Strange, and Mr. Norrell, and now Andor. Um, there are no episode titles. We have so much fun uh, with The Mandalorian and with The Book of Boba Fett discussing kind of the double, triple, ambiguous meanings of the titles. How do you feel that there are no individual chapter names for Andor? <laughs>
4: A little bummed. Uh, I'll be honest, a little bummed, but I have no problem with it. It just seems like uh, Gilroy, I'm I'm not picking on Gilroy. I'll try to avoid that. I think he's a, Gilroy's just a character. He's become a character in Star Wars. And I just love that he's like, ah, it's episode one because it's one of 12. Okay, there's the (laughs) meaning. There's the meaning. (laughs)
3: I yep. Uh, I will always love and well, it's going to come up a lot in our discussion of Andor that there is a, a great variety of what Star Wars can be a great tension of what Star Wars can be. And you know, mm-hmm. Luke is starting off with it. it's a uh, big meanings, big ideas, which I think are really explored in Andor plus just the love of pulp attack the clones, <laughs> the Phantom mm-hmm. Menace, Revenge of the Sith. And it, it is great to see a creator like Tony Gilroy is like, "Ooh, I love all these ideas. I am not calling, you know, the first episode baptism of fire, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not leaning into the, yeah. into the pulp. Although yeah, definitely there are some pulpy moments, which are Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Uh, we always want to approach this uh, as fans as well and share our experience as fans. We like to set the scene of our viewing experience. Uh, Ken and I were lucky enough to get uh, screeners for the first four episodes. Uh, what was your experience of watching uh, the first three episodes on a screener. When did you do it? Did you do any ritual to it? What was it like?
4: I'll tell you what, I, we always try to be honest. And, and you're right, you the word fortunate, we are. Uh, we we were not invited to the premiere event and we, we hung out with some of our friends who were invited and and that's totally fine. I'm not going to lie, it stings a little bit sometimes for reasons that are just all petty and ego driven. <laughs> so I waited to that night. I was like, all right, I, I, have, I had him for like a day or two, right? And I was like, I'm going to watch him the night that everyone else is watching him. So I could feel my stupid ego will feel a little less bruised. (laughs) Uh, But you're right. We're very fortunate. And I don't want anyone to think otherwise. Uh, But yeah, I sat down. But you can only watch them on on your computer, basically. Right? Mm -hmm. And you you go through a a very, um, it's a hard process to get to them now. They have this thing and you have to sign an NDA. It's almost like breaking embargoes or circumnavigating embargoes is an effort you have to make Mm -hmm. uh, if you're going to do that.
3: And there was no you, ambiguity that uh, mm, that you that you should only be viewing this yourself.
4: Yes. And my email. I now I can I'll never forget my email because it's just all across the screen. <laughs> it was nice last night to watch it with a, see Cassian's face with not Kednapsuck, uh blah, blah, blah on it. Um so yeah, um it was uh but it was fine and it was fun and I actually spaced them out and only watched two Thursday, and you and I both will share the story of not watching the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. And then the third, I'll, I'll talk a little bit, but I watched it Friday before I had to go to a comedy show <laughs> and perform. And that might have oh, been a bad decision.
3: No. Might have oh, been no. a bad decision.
4: Though I had a great set, so maybe it was a wonderful decision.
3: You needed to be in that place of emotional truth, uh, yes. upset that you were flying away from Marva uh, in order <laughs> to do comedy. Yes, uh, that's the last thing
4: I saw three <laughs> times. I watched that ending three times and then dro- drove to the comedy show with that music in my
3: head. <laughs> I love the idea that Cassian would say, B, could you could you please tell Marva I'm sorry, but I have to do a set at Flappers Comedy Club in <laughs> Burbank. Well, uh, that's a great and honest journey. You know, um, mm-hmm. I I was I was trying to decide what what day am I going to set aside? And mm-hmm. I thought about watching it at the same time as the. Um, is the, the screening that was going on, the, the red carpet, it, but mm-hmm. just, I wasn't in the right headspace on Thursday, so I got up on Friday morning, and I was like, I'm going to make a ritual of this, and uh, I went through what action figures I have, because I, I don't have a, a Cassian figure, one is on order right now, uh, but I set out my shore trooper, and I set out uh, Admiral Raddus, as some kind of
5: <laughs> future <laughs> friends
3: and enemies of Cassian, excited for his <laughs> debut, because I like that ritual,
5: Yeah,
3: and I sat at my desk, and yeah, pulled it up, and it I felt very, very lucky to have these. I watched them on Friday morning because already from the uh, some of the embargo lifting and and some of the people, you know, evading embargoes, uh, Mm -hmm. little little things are starting to trickle in. And I was like, I don't want to get any any spoilers. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt very lucky to watch them. I was deeply sucked in, despite the fact that, yes, uh, the watermark is your email Large and across the middle of the screen. So I'm sitting here watching this show and being like, this is tense, this is absorbing, this is funny, this is shocking. And half the characters have my email address as a mustache. Yeah. Yes. This is this feels disrespectful at best. Uh so again, very lucky to have the screeners, but it is not optimal viewing. Uh, and yet, I was entirely hooked in, entirely absorbed when I, when I imagined the scenes in mm-hmm. my head. I I saw them clearly and fully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No email. Mm-hmm. So I watched. Uh, I watched all three of them right in a row. Um, and it was it was really really an absorbing, uh, experience. I thought I might space mm-hmm. them out. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, you and I both decided that we wanted to review these first three episodes, discuss these first three episodes. Uh, without kind of the baggage of the knowledge of exactly what's happening in the fourth episode so a lot of people got screeners watched that fourth episode some of our listeners uh, probably got screeners and and watched that fourth episode Uh, we did not but i had fun texting ken all weekend going did you break because if you broke (laughs) i'm gonna watch it too but you did not break ken you did not break i
4: held the line I held the line. King Thayden gave me a speech and I held the line. Uh, yeah, no, it was very close. Sunday was the, the biggest day because uh, they were going to expire Monday morning. I was like, if I can get through Sunday. Uh, fortunately, it was a little busy uh, as I am most Sundays, but but I did have some time. And I said to myself, and I think you, you had t- sent me a text and I was like, I'm going to rewatch episode three. And uh, there you go. I did it and avoided episode four. We're heroes, really. We're heroes. We're just trying to be of the people, not watching episodes <laughs> ahead of time. Uh, but, but I think it was important, especially our discussion today, especially rewatching these episodes last night and this morning, putting notes down. I, uh, I'm glad that I, I have only speculation and not knowledge of what's uh, going forward. And if anyone out there reviewed a show and has the knowledge, it, it, that's totally fine, too. Just for me personally, I was like, there's a lot of questions I have, and I'm, I'm excited to wait to get the answers.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And then the final thing for me is I still just love that midnight tradition. Lucky to be in a time zone where it's only midnight. Um, seeing different people's tweets, uh, Phil Sostak in particular, who always has a, like, you know, all wings report in tweet, uh, like setting up, uh, having a little whiskey, setting up an action figure. Uh, so, so I did that and I watched the first two episodes on Disney plus last night with no emails, uh, and then got up and watched, uh, episode three this morning as well. So Mm -hmm. got to see them all again. Uh, let's get into our big picture reaction, uh, our overall thoughts. Um, I have a lot of overall thoughts. I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Because there there are a lot of details. uh, Sometimes the overall reaction is just sort of like, here's, you know, I liked it, I didn't. Here's the little part I struggled with, right? But there's, Mm -hmm. I think it's because we've got three episodes at once and because it's not just um, these three episodes we're talking about, right? It's the introduction of this new show, Mm -hmm. uh, this new or maybe not new tone, depending on who you ask. So, I think some of the overall reaction is about the existence of the show itself, as well as these first three episodes.
5: You, yeah.
4: You're, you're, you're very right. I find a lot of times when we have this discussion, the overall reactions, which are important to our discussions, but a lot of times for me, it's like, yeah, I, I loved it. It's Star Wars. Let's roll up our sleeves and figure out why. And yeah. I, I did stop along with you. It was like, there's a lot around this show already, and even having to process my own reactions to it.
3: Yeah, yeah. So let's get into that. Did you love it, like it? Where was there any element that you struggled with? Take me into your thoughts in your world, Ken.
4: This was a text. I may have texted to Alex Damon, I think, and I, and I said, "He's like, kind of like, what do you think?" And I went, "I am absolutely in love with the show. I'm not sure I like it, and therefore I'm kind of struggling with it." But after rolling up my sleeves and doing the struggle this morning, I'm seeing these episodes a few times. Yeah, I it not only it, not only me and I am I on board for it. I think it's going to be. In a, a really important conversation starter for a lot mm-hmm. of big things that are Star Wars. And uh, the, the don't like it had, the, had to do with the I don't know if I'm going to sit down on a Saturday and be like, you know what I want to watch? The first two somber episodes of Andor.
5: <laughs>
4: um, but that uh- doesn't mean they don't belong.
3: Yeah, and, and I think that's a big part of Star Wars discussion of, you know, Star Wars contains many things and what do people uh, come to it for? And, and I have a lot of friends, and I, I know you do as well, who like all of Star Wars, but when they revisit Star Wars, they want to watch the triumphant chapters, right? They want to mm-hmm. watch Return of the Jedi. They recognize Empire Strikes Back is great, or The Last Jedi is great, but they want to watch
5: yeah. <laughs> Return yeah. of the Jedi
3: or Rise of Skywalker or Solo because they want to go on a, on a fun romp as, as well. And yeah. I think that it makes sense to start and or and say, yeah, there are absolutely moments of uh, comedy and and whimsy. Uh, but it starts with the like, do you want to look into the dark soul of mm-hmm. Star Wars? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been, I've been
4: waiting for this show for so long, as, as have a lot of folks. You have as well. Uh, but in my circles, there was, a, especially on that day, that trailer drop celebration, I had some people being like, ah, oh, you know, I know you've been, you, you know what? I think you might be right. This was good. I'm sorry <laughs> I said some of the, I didn't, I'm not looking forward to the show type of things. And, and I know I, you and I properly represent a lot of folks in Star Wars fan, small circles of fandom like that. So this, this the show I've been waiting for um, and celebrating so many things about it. And there were so many things I expected the show to do. And it is both not any of that, but everything I hope for. And that's just a, It's a fun feeling when you, when you pull back, it's a fun feeling. Yeah. Uh, And I like that. And I think I needed uh, I needed time. And we always say it's okay. You're not going to, don't tweet out your thoughts right away. Take a (laughs) sip of coffee and wait
3: and figure out what this really means to you. Have some calf. Like they actually did in this show. Yes. Love it. Um, Yeah. I think that they're, there was this tension for me of uh, already some of the conversations uh, started that I have that weird experience where you like agree with the first sentence and then the second sentence you're like oh no (laughs) what have I agreed to right where I saw some takes from uh, journalists even headlines uh, people who you know seen screeners of I love Andor it's tense it's great it's a spy thriller and I'm like yes and then the next sentence is finally some good Star Wars or finally what Star Wars should yes. be are way better yes. than X. Right. Um, yeah. So I kind of knew sitting down like I have to separate the show from the way that some people are, you know, choosing to talk about it. Everybody gets to mm-hmm. choose how they talk about it. So what I want, really wanted to focus on is I want to acknowledge that I wanted to get put past that myself because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the show. <laughs> I yeah. love that it's different. I want different Star Wars to have different flavors. I'm not personally excited about or on board with the negative comparison game. I wouldn't mind at all if somebody said, "Hey, I like it when Star Wars is a is a romp." Uh, so Andor's mm-hmm. a little a little heavy for me. Or I wouldn't mind if somebody comes to me and is like, "I don't enjoy things unless they're really gritty and the characters are going through hell." So mm-hmm. you know, eh, I, I, some of the other Star Wars isn't for me. But Andor, that that's that's yeah. my bag. I don't I don't mind when people make it um, personal at all, right? Yeah. Uh, but sometimes those statements kind of come out of like, uh, th- this one is for adults and the all- others have just been silly children fun. All that kind of negative comparison game is not for me. So I had to kind of set that aside, not engage with the discourse, but engage with the show and, or, which I loved.
4: Yeah. 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 No, yeah, you're speaking some, some truth. Preach on my brother. Cause, uh, look, I, I <laughs> there, there's uh it's not just the way we discuss things on, on four center. It's just, it's, it's, a um, like I, w- I don't do tweet threads, man. I don't. I wish I did because I was going to do a tweet thread of here's all the adult things in Star Wars. A lot of them from animated shows. Uh, that that adult word is something really special, right? Like what mm-hmm. do, what do you think it means? The word "bastards" and some some skin is that what you think, uh, or is it the situations? Is it Ahsoka uh, leaving the Jedi Order when those who were supposed to protect her and lead her turn their back on her and then say, "Oh, I'm sorry." Is it Sabine on the on the ground crying about her place and a weapon and what it represents in leadership? Like that's to me just. As much adult as anything else, Infosnets pulling off her helmet. Should be a child, yet she's a warrior having to fight, pick up for her dead mother destroyed by the system. That's adult, and that stuff's all through Star Wars. So I think I was immediately having that reaction to because I get what they mean. I get because mm-hmm. this is a more mature Star Wars. I told it's 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 like TV fourteen. Like I totally get it. That is not wrong. But then there's this immediate follow up of finally my Star Wars that has that carries with it an attitude, not even gatekeeping. I just think it's it's it 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 does not allow for the other perspectives and star wars is about generational change as much as myriad other things but but i saw a couple big big folks uh people i enjoy netflix documentary filmmakers and stuff who were just like oh i've been i feel disconnected from star wars that's fair finally we got Mm -hmm. some star wars that i think this is done the done the right way and it's like that's not fair (laughs) and and it's been a battle um and and but like you, uh, I push back to the center of this, uh, and there's so many Star Wars things in this show that despite the fact that at a party, I might want to turn to Tony Gilroy and say, could you shut up? Despite, <laughs> despite that feeling I have inside my soul right now, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm absolutely affected by this show. It stayed with me. Driving to the comedy show, it stayed with me.
3: Yeah, no, it, it, it's been delivering on a lot of the things that it, it was discussed as, uh, what the trailers made it uh, uh, look like, what a lot of us in the sort of the Star Wars talking world have been hoping for. It really delivered on all those things. But I really mm-hmm. agree with you. The, the adult thing is one of the overall things I wanted to address because, yes, yeah. I, I do enjoy that it's, you know, quote unquote adult. And, yeah, there's no denying that. It starts with a, a brothel accidental murder. It has the naughty S word, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, pillow talk secrets uh mm-hmm. are, are the thing that motivate the plot itself you know mm-hmm. it, um but but it is all about tone right it's weird to me to say finally an adult show when the last star wars show we had obi-wan started with uh childhood trauma that was so upsetting they needed to add a warning right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. mando uh the mandalorian starts with a uh you know an emotionally disconnected guy uh, mandalorian dinjarin cutting someone in half with a door you know yeah. um you gave all these great examples of sort of uh, the thematic uh what is adult uh, and i always say this about you know a new hope it came out as star wars in 1977 and people praised it as this light fun you know whip fast uh, good versus evil fun thrill fest and like yes that is what's happening because that's the tone that is communicated but Within that, right, Luke's family is burned to a visceral, horrific crisp. Uh, Leia is tortured and her entire planet is destroyed in a mass genocide. Those events are the bedrock of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. What's different about Andor and enjoyable to me about Andor is using the medium of of streaming television uh, to slow down and really look at those moments really look at how they affect the people right like and or is just kind of like well what if we stayed with leia is she truly processed all wrong for 12 episodes right mm-hmm. so the thing for me is i'm fascinated because i agree it is more adult um but if you're interested in that it it is absolutely star wars it has always been star wars it's about the the way that sort of bedrock trauma tragedy real world stuff is handled in the various stories.
4: Yeah, as somber and sobering is the way uh, I describe it because it's as as if we saw the ac- occupation of Naboo and, and didn't hear about it off screen or read about it later in E. K. Johnson's books. Mm-hmm. Right? There's that line of like, it ain't going well on Naboo. We just don't see it. They choose not to show it. Leia is tortured by Vader. The door closes. We don't see it. They choose not to show it. Uh, and this is is going in that area. So that's why that's why no one's wrong in describing it as more mature or adult. It's so right. It's on the screen. It's very clear. And I think that's needed. I can get into reasons why. Uh, why I, I, I'm, I'm actually intrigued by that, uh, and loving it and absolutely loving it. And it f- f- just connects very nicely, uh, tonally, visually to Rogue One, which so many people love for the same reasons. But yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't mean to sound grumpy, but I think a lot of people hiding behind that finally adult Star Wars are putting a flagpole in the mountain of I missed a lot of other things prior to this. And it's uh, just. Yeah. Yeah, My dark no,
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. I understand that. I, I think for me, it is. Uh, I know I bang on about the term "tip of the iceberg." I think it's one of the great uh, things about Star Wars is like even in Andor, there's tip of the iceberg stuff where you like you know it's yeah. you know Primord is a corporation. You don't understand exactly how how many you know, we know they have a sector. Yeah. How many planets they control? What exactly kind of company is it? What is the mm-hmm. exact nature of the relationship with the Empire? It's sort of implied, but there's you know lots of things to kind of figure out. And right. I feel like. To me, the promise of the Disney Plus shows is examining things that in a big Star Wars saga have been tip of the iceberg and getting to dive in. So I think for me, when people are like, um, oh, this is all new and like to me, it's Mm. it's it's more of what we saw. Right. Um, What's thrilling about Andor and feels different is really seeing people in their day to day lives. They're still caught up in in you know big life-changing events but we get such a sense of the day-to-day but that's mm. the tip of the iceberg promise fulfilled right that yeah those kind of lives are hinted at by owen and Brew in the first movie when you know she just she's just making dinner in her weird space cuisinart right breakfast yeah. right the ugnaughts walking to work with their little tool kit <laughs> reef cases, right yeah. the 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 clubgoers at the Outlander Club in Attack mm-hmm. the Clones, who are like you know letting off some steam on what I assume is a Friday night, uh, raise entire yeah. opening scene on, on Jakku Rose Tico's backstory that she was just a person and she made this different choice. This idea that that Star Wars is is about day to day lives, and then what happens when something massive comes into your life. Uh, that idea of day to day lives is there, and yeah. and I think uh, one of the reasons that I want to get excited that that if people like Andor to say, well maybe look at some of those moments in in the films and think about them a little bit more. Or in yeah. particular, if if you like Andor and you have not read a Star Wars novel, Andor is feeling to me like a Star Wars novel on screen, you know? In well, particular. Like, mm-hmm. like, um, in particular, a lot of the ones that that are set in the era of Imperial Terror, uh, mm-hmm. Rebel Rising by Beth Revis, uh, mm-hmm. Alphabet Squadron, the, the last dregs of Imperial Terror, uh, Lost Stars, uh, Lords of the Sith are, are are some that that come to mind that have big, exciting Star Wars action adventure thrills, but because they're books, not movies. You spend a bunch of time with people doing day-to-day things, drinking calf, uh, mm-hmm. listening mm-hmm. to their f- favorite music, uh, disappointing their friends and family, dating, having <laughs> sex. There's sex in, in a ton of Star Wars yes. uh, books, in, in, in a whole gamut of sex, from uh, healthy to not healthy. Um, so I think for me, it's like I am thrilled to see all this on screen in Andor, but from my perspective, my Star Wars journey, it isn't entirely new. And I feel like if people like it, here's my positive mm-hmm. take. If people like it, I would say spend more time with those moments that are tip that, that are day-to-day life in the big movies and, and, and search out these novels. Cause if mm-hmm. you like that, there's a ton of star Wars storytelling that is exciting, but it is dealing with people's day-to-day lives as well.
4: Yeah. Glad you brought up the book thing. This is uh, the similar, quite frankly, in tone to the alphabet squadron, a lot of things going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sex in the aftermath series is, is there as well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you mentioned, funny, Rebel Rising is a young adult novel, uh, you know, where a uh, quaint partisan uh, attacks a festival to kill an imperial uh, uh, target and takes out children in the process. Um, mm-hmm. So I felt this was actually familiar territory in a lot of ways. But those are books, and I understand not everyone's going to read them or have time to read them, uh, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's part of um, part of that, uh, and it's very clearly it, – it's – it's yeah. Uh, I, I looked at this – this, this – especially the first two episodes – um, but it's definitely a third two. It's Cassian looking out at the twin sons, mm. wondering what is out there for him and who he is trying to learn a lot about that. We'll get into those themes, but instead of, uh, you know, it's as if Luke had just left a brothel, killed a Tuscan and fist fought a Jawa. It's just <laughs> same end, end result. It's just different path.
3: Yep. Uh, uh, resisting the call, maybe still resisting the call. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we talked a lot about kind of some of the, the, the conversation around it and how we're processing what what does adult mean in Star Wars? What does adult mean in Andor? I think for myself, just kind of real big picture, what, what I did love about these first three episodes and and what I think it delivered on is that the, these core ideas that we're going to talk about are classic Star Wars stuff, right? Uh, family of blood and found family, uh, rebellion, uh, the idea that community and creativity and empathy is ultimately stronger than rigid authoritarianism, right? These are some Mm -hmm. classic Star Wars themes that are the absolute animating life force of what's going on in Andor. Uh, So you got some kind of classic, you got some timeless, but then, you know, this day-to-day life, this tone, this specificity, uh, the spy Mm -hmm. thriller gives it a different flavor. So for me, it's classic Star Wars. It's some old and timeless and some fresh and new, um, Mm -hmm. And the spy thriller payoff is for me is exactly what I wanted Um, for a gritty uh, grounded adult star Wars show. There's Mm -hmm. not much like action in the three episodes. It's Mm -hmm. almost all tension, right? A ton of the plot literally just hinges on the word Canary who has said it to who, (laughs) when and how this was exactly what I was excited for, for spy thrillers uh, Mm -hmm. vibe. And I think that's going to be very fun going forward in between episodes uh, is we have cliffhangers. We wonder who to trust and, you know, the fans get to discuss all week. Do we trust this person? What did they actually mean? Uh, Who actually said, slipped and said that word to the wrong person. That's so new to star Wars. And I'm very excited for that. Mm, Yeah, no, there's
4: a lot there and there's a lot of takes out there that, uh, everything else in star Wars just reminds you, about what star Wars is about. and, And those are, uh, you know, those are not well thought out takes, uh but not analyzing what's going on in the past shows but also um not really engaging with what's going on in this show too it's it's definitely um it's definitely there and, and nothing is so far as badass it's all it's all telling the empire trampled over everyone on, on the backs of the systems in place it didn't sweep over the land it tore it down piece by piece and it's dealing with those big things we just could see it with a different lens
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, For me, last big picture thing, because it's something that we discussed going into Andor and many other people did as well about Andor being, because of what it's dealing with, being a a little bit more explicitly political. I think a lot of Mm. Star Wars is explicitly uh, political. And if it isn't explicit enough, you can uh, Google George Lucas interviews where he will be just crushingly explicit uh, Mm. uh, about some of that. But I did really think that this was so much about class about what does Mm -hmm. freedom really mean about uh poverty right and i and i think it was it's so successfully mirroring uh, long-standing problems in many societies but some that we are actively dealing with right now Mm -hmm. in america uh, yeah uh, yeah yeah. that even if you're the kind of person who who approaches star wars more as fantasy and as a break from the real world even if you don't really want to engage with the real world analogies I think they're so strong and so powerful in the show that you feel them in your bones, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even if you don't stop to go that, I feel like that's kind of a one-on-one comparison to X. For me, it's hard to imagine that you could just watch this and and say it has nothing to do with our world.
4: (laughs) You did. did, You'd have to make some big leaps, (laughs) big leaps. Good, good on you. If you can do it and try.
3: Yeah. Uh, did you do you agree with that? Do you, wh- what are your yes. thoughts on on the yes. strong connection to reality?
4: Here, here's what here's uh, when I, when I say nothing so far is badass. There's um to try to explain it in the best way possible. Uh, um, it, this is um presenting the very uh, you know again adult action that's capable. Uh, the Star Wars stories are capable of. Uh, but it is uh you cannot deny where it's coming from you cannot deny its perspective and i think a lot of the folks that might watch the darth vader hallway scene and only think that it's a badass moment for a cool character because there's a lot of badass cool moments in it mm-hmm. i've talked about it i've written about it and i celebrate it but to stop there this is the show for all of you to maybe think push past uh, more things and 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 deal with what the art is actually communicating um, star wars is always trying to communicate something and you can always extrapolate things and attach it to your own life spiritually uh professionally uh your journey and you can also look around the world and, and see uh, what it's reflecting and especially of of its times pre uh, prequel era definitely have a certain time to it as well and uh but it's also timeless this this show is going do you, do you like that's That's why, you know, dark and gritty does count for the show. But I even I tweeted out something the other day of like, I'm removing that from my uh, list because, <laughs> man, so many people just stopped there. What is the yeah. dark and gritty telling you? This show is not being subtle about it. Yeah. So I hope some people processed it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I very much agree. And I'm sure we'll get into some of those uh, details as we get into uh, the big themes and ideas at stake in these first three episodes. Um, actually, I do want to ask you one other question. It, it, it does seem to me like those first three episodes obviously are one big arc. Are you ultimately happy that we got all three episodes at once? Or is there a part of you that feels like I would you would have liked them doled out one at a time?
4: No, I, I think it worked out uh, for all three of them. It's definitely, it reminds me of Clone Wars, Clone War style arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely works. Um, I, I, don't, I don't say this kind of stuff often, um, but episode, two, episode one and two could have been one, one episode for me. Mm-hmm. I don't normally. I think that's sometimes hollow criticism. Um, they work independently. They're 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 definitely uh the opening tracks to a full, more complete album. But um, if I, they had decided to do that and they still kept twelfth episode, of something else, I'll see. But I think once all 12, uh, 12 episodes are done, I, I bet I don't feel that as much as I do now.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, I was very happy in the end that they released all three episodes because it is an arc. The Clone Wars comparison is absolutely great. Um, and I felt the same way about the first two episodes. It's a, a minor criticism, but I did feel like they were both uh, uh, connected by mm-hmm. thematic ideas, in the end beats of both of them were were like sort of thematically on point and thematically satisfying resolution slash cliffhanger to lead you into the next episode. But for the amount of forward movement in the plot, I think I might've felt a little frustrated or a little stymied if I only, if we'd only got the uh, first episode, then a week, the second episode, because everything that's building in the third episode from a sort of plot perspective, y- you feel like you, you know, is happening, right? Cassian's trying to get away. Cassian's yeah. trying to sell this thing. He's trying to have this meeting with Luthen. So thematically they're rich in individual episodes but forward movement of plot i felt i feel i might have been a little frustrated
4: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and i felt i funny you know what's funny i felt that more this morning uh watching them all again second episode ended and i was like yeah, yeah i might have just enjoyed those being one but again <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna have that problem going for i
3: don't think nope nope because they're always going to be available to us and we're always going to be able to smash that next button or actually Mm -hmm. just sit and wait and the button will be smashed for us
4: (laughs) i sit and wait because i sometimes with these streaming apps you hit the wrong button you suddenly find yourself uh at the roku homepage or something
3: (laughs) you never know suddenly you're going to be watching the watch this next which actually has no relationship to what you're watching uh disney plus is pretty good about that anyway all right, I, I did want to be sure to talk about that. Now let's get into the big themes, the ideas at stake in this opening arc of Andor. Uh, we, I'm sure, are going to have a lot to talk about here. But where did you go first, Ken? Uh, lies versus
4: truth, mm. and man, that goes to a lot of different spots. Um, and it's all it, it starts from the very beginning. Lies are just being told all around and stories, and and but the the, the central part is is B2 emo saying. I can lie. I have adequate adequate power re- reserves. <laughs> the The act of lying drains to him, and if mm-hmm. that ain't a statement about what this episode is, uh, especially particularly the first one, and I will confess something, Joseph. Most of my notes seem to be from the first one, and I just carried them out the <laughs> into the other two episodes. And by the third rewatch uh, of the third episode, I just was watching. Um, so <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but if you if if you let me kind of run through it, the the, the brothel hostess uh, can't give uh, the truth to Cassie, and the sentry guard. Uh both b- guards want to lie about what happened. More on that in a second. Cassian mm-hmm. needs B2M to lie. Uh, Cassian needs Brazos to lie. Uh, they set the lie with Brazos. Chief Hine, who I will forever know as uh, Bronzian Royce from Game of Thrones, wants to lie about the whole incident. Again, put a pin in that one. Sarah Karn is reacting to those lies. Trying, sir. Cass- Cassian has to hope Bix has kept his secret. A- and Bix has, uh, has had to, uh, you know, lie. Uh, lies to Tim and some friends to just get out the message. But all this... It, it, and at the end, it all leads to Cassian being given a chance to live what I call an honest life by Luthan Rail. But this is what I don't mean like he's lying. It is about a journey. It, it is about uh, he's not just a criminal turned good. It, it, it's he has to be honest about what has happened to him as he discovers that he has to be honest about what is happening around him. And a lot of these people here are not allowed to live life. Honestly, mm-hmm. they, they they cannot live like that their truths uh are, are dangerous their truths put them on uh target sheets their their truths um just can't be shared and that's mm. a lot about what's going on here and and the system is not being honest uh we can talk more about it later but just uh you know the simple thing about about the sentry guards first trying to uh, you know the one of them the one trying to lie no, 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 we just gotta fight and then and then chief Hine trying to do the same thing uh and there's some great comedy in that you and i can talk to but it, it is mm-hmm. the system the system lying to protect itself um, so that it doesn't clean up its own house and this all stays as it is. And the system keeps repeating and the struggle keeps repeating and the lies keep repeating. This is a show about how do you make things honest. Um, and and even Brazos say, make yourself useful. Uh, it's not just about Cassian going, well, I've been uh, dating around. I've been stealing some things. It's time to shape up. He's had to carry some lies about himself. And now he needs to go find stuff uh, out about himself. He's searching for that. That's, I think, the pickup of of his sister. We're going to talk about family, community, and all those things. Uh, And it all leads, these three episodes, to to Luth and Rail, just kind of being like, do you want to be honest? Look around you. You want to do something with meaning? Quit lying about it all. You got to do something about it. You got to be truthful. You got to be honest.
3: No, I I so agree. I think that's one of the things out of the gate that is really, really uh, powerful. I think a lot of the big ideas in Andor are asking, why is life under the empire so horrible on a real Mm -hmm. personal level and on a a systemic level? Right. And Mm -hmm. on this, it's on a birth, both a personal level and a systemic level that, yes, people are forced into uh, lives where they cannot be honest uh, with each other. Uh, they cannot be honest with uh, themselves, right? Uh, I thought about it a lot as surface truth and real truth because mm-hmm. there are a lot of exchanges mm-hmm. where everybody knows what the real truth is. Yes. And the circumstances make it so we have to carry what we know is true and then we have to say all these lies, right? This yeah. elaborate, fabricated untruths right and mm-hmm. i think that gets to this really human place that we've all experienced and i think honestly in our society it's some of the stuff that we're trying to kind of wrestle with right where where mm-hmm. uh people in power in various ways have abused that power right yes. and everybody at a company knows it or everybody in a friend group kind of knows the truth wink wink nod nod but mm-hmm. it would break our systems uh, of our yeah. jobs of our social groups to say the truth out loud and sometimes even fully let the truth sink into ourselves so I think mm-hmm. that's why it's riveting I think that's mm-hmm. why it's it's powerful is because it isn't just lies it's trying to kind of hold and deal with this real truth that is bubbling in your gut while constantly blatantly layering a second fake truth on top of it you know
4: mm-hmm. Oof, yeah, you're, yeah you're taking it to spots man <laughs> <laughs> you got to sit down on the old uh, YouTube pundit de- desk with someone who was built on lies and you, you have to, the truth keeps things going. Uh, and, and I'm, uh, you know, we're going to get to C- Cyril Karn, Kyle Soler's doing uh, next level work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about it, but his reaction to uh, the lies or the surface truths, as you're saying too, and the situation is uh, gripping just as much as it is gripping to watch Cassian go through what he's going through or the, or the citizens of Farrick's. Uh, it's, 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 it's system breaking. That's
3: <laughs> all of yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you, you laid out some, some great examples of this. Um, and I really agree that it, it, to me it, it matters that it starts with mm-hmm. uh, Cassian's search for truth, right? Yeah. Uh, and and he, can't get, uh, he can't get to his sister. He can't get to this connection without the danger of revealing a little bit of truth, right? The entire mm-hmm. plot hinges on Cassian's truth that he is from Canary. It hinges on the fact that um, Cassian, who dates lots of ladies, can't stop himself from pillow talking his truth. That's so, like, mm-hmm. heartbreak. It's, it's played for, for drama and for a little bit for comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so heartbreaking, right? Of Like, all he wants is this intimacy where he can share his real yeah. truth. Um, it's also played for comedy and for drama. But you mentioned it, Cassian and his friend Razo, Um Yes, anding an elaborate alibi for Cassian right mm-hmm. in a different show that scene might be Cassian going like hey can you can you tell people you uh, I was with you last night and the other person going all right right but that Cassian walks up to him and like gives him the first half of the scene and like it's an improv scene Brasso takes it and goes yes and this and that they both have an understanding that that elaborate of a fake truth is mm-hmm. needed you know that's mm-hmm. what really get, really hit me that that elaborate of a of a fake truth a surface truth is required
4: yeah yeah and and the energy it's taking not just for b2emo or b, to email, oh b. Love B already, but it, you know, yeah. it's just a great topic sentence of the energy this is taking from everyone, uh, how it will, will power you down and destroy you from many different
3: angles. Yeah, um, I love Cassian's yeah. actual quote. I know it takes energy, but can you make a lie? <laughs> that, is, that is that is two lies. Yes, uh, oh, that's that's gonna make it into my daily, uh, daily repertoire. <laughs> uh, can you make a lie? Um, yeah, and then I think it, this is about like. Surface truth in real truth, but it is also getting into all of these big picture ideas about uh, class and wealth and value and hypocrisy. Right? The uh, uh, I could watch that scene with uh, with the Primor Security Chief Hine, uh, who I know is a Slovene from Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> I Love that. It, yeah, and and Cyril Karn, That that scene is hilarious, beautiful, maddening, everything at the same time. But I just I just really wanted to share his exact uh, mm-hmm. uh line right uh, chief line yeah. says obviously he's, he's saying like well i kind of know the real truth that these these guys were jerks and they probably did actually harass the wrong person and they probably kind of mm-hmm. got themselves killed when they didn't need to which i feel like we as the audience that's the way it's presented to us right yeah so he he's dealing with the real truth and then he's saying that truth is unacceptable yeah, <laughs> uh, it's going to cause a problem for me because the goal of, of reporting the empire is brevity uh, mm-hmm. and then laying out the this uh, just blatant. He is aware is a part of his job is a part of his power structure that there is a truth and then they maintain a fake truth and everybody mm-hmm. knows the fake truth is fake. But there's a game where it must be uh, maintained when he says they were at the brothel, which we're not supposed to have. Mm -hmm. The expensive one, which they shouldn't be able to afford, drinking a Revnog, which we're not supposed to allow. Mm. It's more than just, oh, we got to cover this up, right? In that one line, there's just like a breathtaking amount of story being told about wealth, about privilege, about what you get to have. If you sell your soul to the empire in their system, right? Mm -hmm. So it is about surface truth and real truth, but there's so much more buried in it. I think when actors have been talking about Tony Gilroy's writing in these episodes, I think it's these kind of lines they're talking about that build an entire world, an entire character in a few lines.
4: Yeah, and sliding down a little bit to the lies of the system, things I love. What you're saying because that speech is is so wonderful. And again, it, it's also there's a little bit of office office space humor in there, some mm-hmm. TPS reports being filled out, but just what it means. And even the uh, chief Hein uh, fudging the the crime numbers in effect hides the true state of the galaxy. The Empire can broadcast the lies that it's a OK. That's part of the bigger picture too. Uh, but the the lies and cover ups obviously just push. You know the systematic problems forward. There's no change; it keeps going. And this is why I think the two intro scenes we got starting this series off—you got the the the, the Blade Runner esque scene with the Cassian. Uh, you could I've seen that uh, online before. Um, his his murder is the first kill is not intentional, and the second one I think it's him snapping at those those lies from Service Truths because mm-hmm. hearing that, hearing that from uh, the the older. Uh, sentry guard and uh, we'll, we'll just lie we'll just cover it up we'll move on things will be great well I'll, I'll be alive you'll be alive he snaps he kills in that moment but then you get that scene with b2 following that which is whimsical and it's endearing and and he is introduced just rolling through the city those hounds arrive and he doesn't seek out a fight casting doesn't seek out a fight b mm. actually tries to protect himself Protect in place. Just let me go on with my life. We all understand that this is how this works. Just let me go on. But the one comes back and pees on him. So B2 Emo <laughs> fights back. He snaps. He snaps at it. And it's a comedy, but it's 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 a, a through line. Cassian is, and Cassian's not you know, he doesn't return a conquering hero. You killed two. Great. It's not treated like that. It's treated of what did you do? Because what you did will upset our system. There's now a truth to that that now will bring more pain to us. And it's all uh, interwoven so wonderfully.
3: Yeah, and talk about a lack of freedom, right? Of like, just we need to stay inside these lines at all time or or worse things will come for us, you know? Mm -hmm.
5: Uh,
3: I love you connecting uh, Cassian and uh, B2 emos need to protect themselves uh, and somebody... Uh, coming along and in, in making a problem where there doesn't have to be,
5: <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
3: from shaking people down to urinating on them, both problems you shouldn't have to have. Uh, I, I think one of the other things that I'm fascinated by in that in that scene that you're bringing up of yeah that that headbutt is this kind of uh, r- realistic accidental death, right? Um, yeah. But Cassian's choice to shoot the other guy to me that is about um, that guy suddenly realizes oh oh okay the the we, we mm-hmm. got to create a fake truth that will allow me to keep going on the way I am. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think Cassian's shooting him uh, because he knows he doesn't have the privilege that that guy does. That right. guy can lie with impunity. We, we hear from Chief Hine that he's, mm-hmm. he used to be a, a big head honcho of four, which I would imagine is, is, uh, since they're yeah. on planet one, that that's planet four. Like he used to be the head of security of a planet. Yeah. And he's such an a-hole, he got bounced down to here, but he's still untouchable. He could walk in with that lie, and he would be fine. And Cassian yeah. knows he doesn't have that privilege. Does not. No. Absolutely. Yeah, he's extremely powerful. Yeah, keep getting peed on. <laughs> keep getting peed on. Uh, there's a lot more uh, layers of truth. I'm sure we'll discover them. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with uh with uh. Uh, Sergeant Mosk, uh, uh, Linus Mosk, uh, who is the uh, guy who is in on the raid with Karn, I think there's some half-truths there that Mosk does believe in order, but he mm-hmm. wants to, he, he but he's manipulating Karn at the same time. There's a real sort yeah. of what is he saying that's true for himself and what is manipulation to get what, what he wants out of uh, the deal. Mm-hmm uh I, I think karn is lying to himself about who he is uh which comes crashing down when he gives that great horrible speech to the mm. <laughs> security forces uh, mm. so <laughs> a lot lot a <laughs> lot a lot of ongoing layers of truth um if it's okay yeah. with you i want to jump to what i think was one of the other really big uh themes and i'm sure you have a ton of thoughts on this as well uh, are you okay jumping
4: uh please please let's let's jump
3: Yeah. So, uh, so definitely the truth was huge to me, but I think like maybe the biggest thing for me was this sort of thematic idea that I put under the umbrella of relationships motivate all right. Mm -hmm. Uh, when people talk about gritty and grounded in day-to-day life, I think uh, uh, why that's resonating is, um, a lot of times star Wars is about, uh, characters who are sort of trapped in a war trapped in a battle uh, trapped in an ideology, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then they're making their choices kind of w- within that. I feel like what's happening in Andor is this is a story about characters who have specific relationships, connections, community, and then fear about those relationships. And what is happening in their relationships is what is driving them to an ideology, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if you look at at Star Wars, the first film, right? There, there isn't a ton of room, so we already... The Empire's coded is is very, very bad. (laughs) They Mm -hmm. torture people and blow up a planet and murder Owen and Brew. There's plenty of evidence in the film that they are bad. But, right, we join Luke Is this kid going, like, I hate the Empire. And you don't really know why he has that ideology, right? You know, Leia's a a brave senator rebel, but you don't know exactly why. Uh, Just watching that first film, we know a lot now. But this is taking that step back and going, like, well, if some of these people are authoritarians, why? Yeah. If some of these people need rebellion, why? If some of these people accidentally make choices that benefit the authoritarians, why? And the answer again and again in these first three episodes is relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why this is, is coming across as really compelling and why the day-to-day is compelling because it's about how do, how do the actual things that affect us lead to our, our ideology, Right. If mm. in real life, if you're a person who's like, I'm not that invested in politics, like, well, maybe it's because some relationship or experience you've had hasn't led you to being very passionate about ideology. Whereas a mm. lot of other people have had relationships, community experiences that have led them to be passionate about their ideology. And I think that's what we're seeing in these first three episodes is how do these people become passionate about their ideology? So it's not just a, a concept. It is a reality of their lives.
5: Mm.
4: Yeah, uh, there's so much there, and I want to jump to a lot of, hey, I, I, Cyril, I just want to dive in and, and figure out what's going on there. Uh, there's something too. yeah, the, the, when you talk about, like, maybe you haven't got to the point where you see how it affects the community or around, and I think that's real powerful, and there's some stuff going on with this character, Tim, uh, who, by the way, was in the uh, attack on Starkiller Base in Force Awakens, at actor James McArdle yep. uh, was an X-Wing pilot. Fun, fun, fun. Um. I, I actually love, with him, he's uh, he's dating Bix, uh, but he does not understand her, and he doesn't understand Cassian's plight, and that's what drives him in his ideology uh, ideology in, in this mm-hmm. arc. And he pays the price for it, but it's kind of uh, interesting to hear you say that you haven't reached that point. He reached that point too late.
3: Yep, yeah, because uh, we'll get back to Cassian, because I think he's he, I'm fascinated by Cassian's uh, emotional journey, but yeah, the mm-hmm. the you know, it's fun to, to see uh, a sense of dating, a sense of sexuality getting up in the morning, uh, you know, because the, the community <laughs> alarm clock of the time grappler, who I mm-hmm. love with all my heart, you know, that's all <laughs> oh, that's, God, it's the, 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 the calf, it's all day to day stuff. Why is it compelling? Because it's the day to day that motivates the action, the horror, the meaning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we learned that Tim Carlo uh, with two M's. So it's a space Tim, um, uh, that his it's not coming out of, I, I am pro-Empire. It's not coming out mm-hmm. of uh, greed. It mm-hmm. is, I am afraid. Every time Cassian comes around, Bix gets upset. You yeah. know, I'm afraid for her, which he, he says to, uh, to Cassian, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then when he follows them to the bar and Cassian kind of reaches for her arm and she pulls away, you can see from Tim's perspective of like, there's this fear for his partner. Uh, But then also just the really real thing going on, too. He's also a jealous little asshole, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. But it's all about all of his choices are his relationship to Bix and his fears about his relationship with Bix.
4: Yeah, and not fully understand the situation, and to put it in just a just a straight real world perspective, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's sometimes I don't know sometimes it can be dangerous to do that, I guess. But this is this is what the show's doing. This is a white man dating a, a brown woman, and it's easy for him to be to hide behind that. He doesn't understand her worldview. It doesn't understand the view of the world of her. So he makes this decision out of this jealousy. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get this guy the picture. He 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 upsets her a lot. He's an ex boyfriend. I, I I'm taking charge here. I'm doing this. And it gets her her head busted open. Gets him killed. Mm-hmm. He he has no comprehension of. Well, wait a minute, not her. Uh, he was. He just doesn't understand. He isn't connected to that there yet. And uh, and it was it was it was really important. because he, he, he is. He's a jealous little prick
3: yeah i mean uh, tv 14 for center <laughs> it really is we'll talk about the s word uh but yeah no i i so agree with that and i think that's a that's really great and and really powerful uh to point out in the out, the layers of truth with them where she, she she seems to legitimately care for him right and legitimately want totally. to be in a nurturing positive relationship with him so she she sees something there you know in uh, Cassian, you know, the picture of Cassian is that he's got a lot going on and he is pushing all of his friendships and all of his relationships to the breaking point. Right.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so she, she's clearly uh, in uh, for Tim, uh, but not in enough to let him in on her real life. And is that because mm-hmm. of fear for him, you know? So mm-hmm. all sorts of complexity there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I want to get into, to, to Cassian, right. Mm-hmm. Cause he is, he is the main character. Um, I'm really fascinated that every crucial moment for Cassian is motivated by a relationship, right? Um, when Tony Gilroy in particular was was giving interviews and saying, this is a story about how he becomes a revolutionary, right? I had this little moment of concern. I was like, well, I, I don't want to start out with him being apathetic, right? Mm. And the thing is, like, he has ideology he knows what the empire is he's got a, a, a backstory with them that we're maybe going to learn more about um uh he doesn't like them uh but he is the farthest thing from apathetic because he is motivated by a relationship every beat that happens right uh on Kanari, is a kid he, he is in rage and pain after the death of that leader figure who i believe in the credits they're listed as alphas with numbers
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, if I got that wrong, my apologies. But for now, I'll say Alpha Alpha One's death. Uh, he sneaks on board uh, that ship out of rage and pain for Alpha's yeah. death, and that's what gets him whisked off the planet and and separated from his sister. Uh, the current timeline plot is kicked off by looking for that sister, which uh, in the credits, I believe, is called uh, Carrie. Carrie. Um, so that that the whole thing is is relationship, right? I am sticking my neck out. I am testing all of my other relationships in my current life because i need to have resolution on the possibility that i abandoned uh this sister right um Mm -hmm. the actual mechanics of the plot over the first three episodes is uh everything hinges on the fact that he can't stop telling ladies he's from fest during pillow talk which is so Heartbreaking, uh, even down to uh, he's tracked to the warehouse because he's calling B2 emo to tell Marva he's sorry and make sure she doesn't get too cold. Which, mm. by the way, if you rewatch, it, 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 that's one of the, the rewards of, of rewatching it. That Brasso mm. brings it up early on of like, tell Marva to keep the heat up, uh, yeah. this great heat moment, and then at the end, in that montage, she breathes out and you can see her breath, and yeah it's not a heavy hand but that's about money too right she doesn't Mm -hmm. think she has enough money to keep the heat on you know uh but anyway it's it's just the idea of uh this is what's what's powerful about this storytelling because it is it is ideology it is leading to Mm -hmm. action based on ideology but it's starting with the personal i'm going to be caught by an authoritarian uh a force because I wanted to apologize to my mom and, and make sure that she knows she has enough money to be physically comfortable. How could you, how could you get more real than that? Right. And that's what leads you to say enough. I have to fight.
4: Yeah, no, I, I yeah, your, your idea of, um, you know, the I wouldn't call it fear, right. But it just kind of seemed maybe that was uh, where we we're going. Yeah, apathetic uh, doesn't want to join, but, it, but you know, we had that thing ling- lingering over, the thoughts of Cassian of, you know, he's been in, in this fight since he was six, which, by the way, I still think spiritually is tracking pretty well. We'll get some mm-hmm. more information from him uh, and his story. But, yeah, no, I I think you're right. It, that's what it's, it's I don't even want to say twist on it. It's just the way they're choosing to look at the issue and how the community and, and the search for who you are is one of the big themes I love in this, that the literal search and just kind of the spiritual search of who you are, who you want to be is big. And and so yeah, he is an apathetic. He's just he's in this situation, <laughs> in this situation, in this horrible world.
3: Yeah, and and you know, Luthen wants him to take this next step, right? And and do something mm-hmm. big, do something truthful. But even within that, Luthen is using emotion, right, to push yeah. him, right? Uh, yeah. it, there, he talks about his, his father being uh, hanged in in, in Rick's mm-hmm. Road uh, on on that planet in, in the central courtyard. I assume that that is his adoptive father, Clem that we meet in the flashback. Um, But it's just kind of pushing this idea that at any point all along the way, uh, is an empathetic character who deeply needs Mm -hmm. and wants people in his life, wants to open up to them. Mm -hmm. And at every turn, it is a huge risk to allow any sort of intimacy or truth. And mm-hmm. that is what is leading him to where he's gonna end up.
4: Yeah, and and, and been the the, the the MO of his life. He's kinda he's kind of an F up and you know it's just everyone has that reaction to him. What have he done now? What light mm-hmm. to you? Done? Uh the, the the quote of uh of uh what uh Marvis said uh with B2E two uh, repeats is just it's hilarious. There's so many things that do work <laughs> that do work in different ways. Uh and this episode of drama and comedy, but it's for it's powerful stuff about where he is
3: yeah no absolutely let's talk about uh karn a little bit right Mm because i think his what is motivating him is a big question uh if you just watch these three episodes if you've listened to interviews um we've kind of got a little bit of a spoiler from the interviews that there's some relationship stuff motivating him that we're going to learn more about if people haven't you know read that Mm -hmm. or don't want to we can leave it there uh that was definitely something that affected me because watching these first three episodes there's a there's great questions about what is motivating him. Uh, mm. and, and we know some of the answers uh, to come. But talking about the episode, w- what kind of thoughts do you go through about I- is it relationship that's motivating him? Is it ideology? Is it something else? What do you feel is motivating this great tension and this great need from super uptight, super clean cut Cyril Karn?
4: He's so good. He's, everyone's on the show is A plus. He, he's just hitting something special is doing things. Uh, it also, there's this power and control bucket we're going to talk about. And I think a lot, he's, mm. he's dead center in that. Right. And ideas sold as safety, ideas sold as duty. You got the sergeant coming in there to inflame him. Just I, I, that's what I've been saying, sir. Pockets of fermenting, pockets of fermenting. I uh, love all that. And he, and a lot of it started. I, I think there's so much fear and there's fear of the unknown fear of the others he's been raised probably to think this uh look at look at the starting start the starting story of ray sloan this I- imperial character a lot of us love it starts from she uh lived in a probably similar world to pharix i can't remember the name right now and the empire brought order and safety and she saw that she saw the benefit of that what's happened in karn's life that has lead led him to this point but but you know all He's he is between all the lines, right? He li- he doesn't just color in the lines. He eats in the lines. He walks in the lines, and he <laughs> adds lines. He adds lines to his uniform. He needs more lines,
3: <laughs> more piping, and some
4: tailoring, sir. Um, safety, because there's safety in that control for him, right? And and there's this mm-hmm. fear of that. We'll find out more about it, um, but. You know, and, and I, I think the things he wants to accomplish might seem noble to clear some of it, uh, you know, uh, to, to be clear, some of it is uh, it is not celebrated. Again, Cassian is not celebrated for what he's done. Bix, what have you done? All those kind of things. But so if you, you could look at Karn. I, I bet there's a lot of people watching this show who, who think Karn's the hero. Right. And, and, and he's, he's got that perspective, but it all has distance. And you talk about relationships and relationships driving you and changing you and maybe affecting you. Uh he he doesn't we're gonna talk about probably community and family as well here. So many things to get to, Joseph, but he's not even connected to his own uh what it would be considered his professional family. That speech, other than being hilariously awkward in a uh, British office UK way, mm-hmm. was also spoke of yeah, you know, he's he's David Brent Danton, but he he he's not connected to these people that he's supposed to be connected with, that he's the only sense of family he has. And the strong beliefs he has are not based on experience. He's high ranking. He's an officer. But this comes off as his first time in the field, at least in his capacity. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have the uh, the uh, uh, deck officer saying uh, or the the tech officer saying, have have you ever been there? They have their own way of Mm -hmm. doing things. He's our eye into that. We're going to talk a little bit more about the destruction of cultures and Um, all those kind of things. Yes, we are all the things we're going to go on, but it's really powerful. Uh, to hear, uh, the clank, clank, clank is very real world. It's very real world stuff. Uh, I've seen it in display. I've uh, had friends experience that, and that's a different podcast, perhaps. Um, but it's all stunningly, shockingly, frighteningly, hauntingly real. And so now these beliefs he has, he's been faced with the lies of them. The 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 chief hind not wanting to deal with it. Uh, Now he's on the ground and no one's uh, definitely no one's appreciative, but also they're fighting back. They're punching back. uh, And this breaking point that he might be racing towards is fascinating to me because I don't know. Will his heart remain distant distant and cold is a big question I have, but I don't think this is a redemption story. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is what happens when you're forced to learn new things up close.
3: Uh, I think that you just said a line from a future episode of Andor. Uh, I think that's either a Luthen or a Marvel line. That was kind of perfect. This uh, is what
4: happens when you learn up close.
3: Uh, step number four, learn up close. <laughs> uh, I want an exercise video from Luthen with all his steps. Light on the floor. Stretch out your limbs. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think what was really fascinating to me about Karn is, like I said, there's some implications from interviews that there's some relationship stuff going on. We're not fully seeing that yet, but we could maybe guess by the fact that he is coded as uh, wealthy and privileged, right? Um, From his attitude, from his stiffness, from his appearance Um, and Mm -hmm. everything he's saying is about ideology, right? Of yeah. that. He believes in order. He's a, he is a company person, right? It is unacceptable that Primor security died and it would not be pursued. Uh, but my sense is that he is not really about that ideology, right? He thinks he's about that I- ideology, mm-hmm. but it's really about proving himself, validating his position, um, He believes that he has this power. He believes he is special and better. Mm -hmm. And he is itching for a chance to prove that power, to prove that station, right? Mm. And I think that's what's scary about authoritarian ideology. There's a lot that's scary about authoritarian ideology. I won't limit it to one thing. But when somebody is like, I don't really care that two absolute jerks got themselves killed, but I'm going to pretend I really, really care. I'm even going to lie to myself that I really, really care about that mm-hmm. because it's a chance for me to have power. It's a chance for me to put on a boot and put it on someone's neck because I define myself as someone who can do that and I need to prove that I can in order to believe it myself. So I feel mm-hmm. like that's what's going on uh, uh, mm-hmm. with him and I think it plays out in all these fascinating ways, right? Um, yeah. He's an. E- People tried to tell him the real truth. Hein is telling him a real truth of how this how this uh structure works. Yeah. He's going out on a on a dangerous limb while the boss is gone, and you know if he comes back with and or uh, alive or dead, he can make himself the hero. Um, Mosk, yeah. uh, Linus Mosk, I think is is an ideology guy. I think he truly mm-hmm. believes in order and in a strong yeah. fist. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. but he's he's manipulating uh Karn as well, right? He implies yeah. that to not go after Andor would be dereliction of duty. And I feel like it's a kind of wink and nod that like if we go get Andor together, you can be the chief, right? And yeah, I think yeah. and I think from Mosk's perspective of like, and then I'll have a chief that I can wrap around my finger with extremely easy motivation, right? Yeah. Um and I and I think to me all of that comes out in that great, uh, as you say, British office, horrific (laughs) speech, right? There's those layers of of real truth where uh, Mosk is on the ground with troops who have gone into actual dangerous uh, places. Mm -hmm. They actually know this planet is dangerous, and they're going to be unwanted, dangerous to them. And they're going to be unwanted. And he gives this very real speech. And I think we see that Karn is centered on himself because he doesn't have the experiences you're saying, he cannot relate to the troops in any sort of real and emotional way. And instead, he says uh, ideological things that sound great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But because he is not a true believer yet, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's just he's wearing the ideology to get what he personally wants. Even the ideology comes across as utterly empty. It's like he's reading motivational posters with no idea of what they mean, no humanity behind it, no personal experience behind it. So that's what's fascinating to me. He's just a a raw, open wound looking to validate himself. No personal connection and no true grasp on the ideology he's using to validate himself.
4: Yeah, the sergeant shows up here with a big stick and has been out there, like you said, which makes him dangerous. Uh, and, and he has that bluff and bluster line as opposed to acknowledging it or understanding. I think he might understand it. Uh, he just doesn't want to acknowledge it as actual communication from those on Ferrex, but it's sold to, uh, Karn as, as that's all lies. It's, it it's buff, bluff, bluffing, and bluster. It, it means nothing mm-hmm. there. Um, and, and I love what you're saying. Cause if, if you go back to the beginning of this again, what Andor's done, um, taken on the surface is not a great thing. Um, no, one, Again, no one in this community is celebrating it. I'll point mm-hmm. that out. Um, but the, that Karn, if he really believed in this idea, would be going internal, so to speak. Uh, instead, instead it's external and we can keep all of ourselves safe. This idea of safety and security would be to go down to the ground here, uh, get this very dangerous man. And, and you know, again, maybe he is. Maybe he is. But, but, but it isn't about that, right? It isn't about keeping mm-hmm. anyone safe. Because yeah. if you wanted to do that, you clean up your own house, and
3: they yep. don't want to clean it's up their own house. Yeah, it's about climbing the ladder. It's about validating your power. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, for, for for both of them. And I'm it's so there's a lot of images throughout that invite you to look at uh, Karn and Andor is two sort of uh, younger men, regardless mm-hmm. of their age, younger in their their life journeys, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, like those images of like Karn staring at Andor's uh, hologram, uh, the way the end of Mm. uh, part three is cut together with how this, you know, traumatic event is for both of them is going to affect both of them and and send them next on their journey. It was really striking to me in his awful Mm -hmm. (laughs) speech. He has this line, there comes a time when doing nothing becomes the greatest risk of all, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's almost echoing, Jin and, and Cassian and and, and Radice's yes. noble uh speech and justification for going after the Death Star plans on Scarif, right? Mm-hmm. It, it so to to see this ideology, this belief uh that it is going to f- uh uh figure into Cassian's future sacrifice mm-hmm. so meaningfully being said so hollow like a cheap <laughs> motivational uh poster. Yeah. That was so powerful to me because it, it shows you what is ideology when it's empty of, of meaning, of feeling, of relationships.
4: Well, and, and the big one for me, and this, this directly ties to the real world because, yeah, again, some folks are going to watch this and say, I see myself. Oh, that's not the one. That's not the one. And I love what you're suggesting of kind of sort of this dueling um, song of, of Cassian and, and Cyril. Uh, because it's easy to use those hear those words and, and you say the, hear the same words used differently and you in unlo- you know you hear, you know the phrase follow the money I follow the empathy follow the empathy mm-hmm. and Jen and Cassian's uh, words you, you follow the empathy to the core of it uh, or you follow the core of it and you find the empathy you're not finding any empathy in what the sergeant's suggesting what the uh, Cyril Carnes suggesting. Uh, it's not there. It's non-existence. And those words become empty because it lacks that. At the end of the line, do your policies, and your procedures, and your beliefs lead to the empathy of uh, of people uh, outside of yourself, um, people for those uh, around you and communities in the world? Empathy. Empathy drives it forward. He has none. He doesn't understand it.
3: Uh, I love you saying that because, yeah, the, the end shots of Cassian are the pain of lost connection, lost home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the, the painful childhood memory of, of leaving Kanari, but the warmth in the smile of Marva. And now here he is having to leave Marva again into an unknown future. It's all about empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like those terrifying shots of Karn just uh, panicked and furious at the end aren't about, oh no, I got some soldiers killed. It's my play to get my boss fired and usurp his power failed. What's mm-hmm. going to happen to me, Karn? Mm-hmm. It's to mm-hmm. me just diametrically opposed.
5: Yeah.
4: yeah, Those those last five minutes of episode three could be episode. <laughs> <You> could just <laughs> do an episode on that because uh, it's beautiful. There's just some, a lot of questions about uh, the stuff with Marva and everything and, and everything uh, everything that we've learned so far. Uh, but that last shot of that smile, that look at it, it's it's all powerful mm-hmm. stuff. It's all uh, emotional. And then the shot of of. Again, Kyle Soler just sitting there as carn uh, crying. It, it's that it's um you know that phrase nerd rage, right? That comes up every now and then. I don't you know if that's what that means anymore. But you know, if just yeah. like you've been you just can't comprehend, you've snapped. Um it's it was powerful, powerful yeah. and, a, and and a different side of the of the same record.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't have um The same life experiences that uh, a lot of, uh, honestly, women, uh, people of color uh, Mm -hmm. uh, who who have had with angry privilege, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That was privilege raged to me, you know? It's a good Um, way to look at it, yeah. How Mm -hmm. dare anyone – I did all of this to prove that I am powerful and I have a right to be powerful and I'm inherently powerful and I should be the one with power always. And some people question my power and made me feel like maybe i'm not powerful um you know Mm. i i I have seen that i at you know schools when i was bullied right um i I have seen that look of like oh the person who believes they are inherently powerful and made of power and have a right to power have had it questioned and it's so frightening of what are they going to do next to validate that they are powerful and that was a great cliffhanger with karn
4: yeah. Yeah. Cause there's again, uh, you know, pulling out, we'll see where we're, we'll see. We'll, we'll see where it ends up. I just don't, I, I, you know, I don't think this ends with uh Karn putting down his blaster and picking up a rebel hat, you know, <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. Getting, uh, we'll, getting a rebel blaster. I don't think that's going to happen. 12 episodes is a long journey. Well, we'll see where we end yeah, very, up.
4: Right? Uh, you know, and I bet if they do, they get there in a powerful way, but that's what's going on at the end of it. I think you're right. Um, and, 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 and it's a hardening, it's a choice. Star Wars is about choices. Um, and I've talked about this before when we talked about very real world things. Uh, yeah, maybe you feel your intentions, Karn, are good, but uh, they're not taken that way because they aren't that way. And when, and when faced with that and faced with wrestling with that, do, do you let your heart harden to those communicating mm-hmm. this to you? And if you do let your heart harden, the the bigger problems will fall.
3: Yeah, And he'll absolutely. cause them and he'll cause them. Oh, oh, yeah. I think he. I think the the uh, subtitle of this could be and or colon. Uh, Karn hoists himself on his own petard
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: for twelve <laughs> episodes. Uh, I suspect that we have uh, similar things that we want to talk about uh, here. Uh, maybe maybe uh, some different words to him, but mm-hmm. uh, this idea of uh, community versus uh, the rigid authoritarianism. Um, I had some ideas about. How how people's lives are valued, that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think we're probably in the in the same ballpark. So, well, why don't you start with uh, with your thoughts on some of those ideas?
4: Yeah, I, I wrote I wrote down uh, the the you know the ideas of just family slash community. Uh, it's going to be pretty important. It's always important. Star Wars. You had a wonderful tweet uh, about. I chose violence one morning. You chose a heartfelt uh, description of the show um, <laughs> because that's such a. Star Wars team, family, found family, community, all that stuff. The people of Farek's coming together to warn and defend. Tim betrays that. Casa, uh, part of something strong in his past. We're going to get a lot more about that. Uh, we're missing some information. We're, we're there. But I I, I, I loved uh, just uh, him putting on the face paint of the leader, right? Looking for guidance, looking for that community, looking for that connection. Um, and and uh, then he, later on, forward, you flash forward to Brasso is there as support. Um I love Marva. There's a line when they're arguing over who knows, and like, well, you've told some people that's family. Well, if we're making mm-hmm. a list, uh, and that's a you know start the, the breakdown of that there. Um, and 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 what's going on? I, there was a little shot. I love the shot of the work gloves, and a few of them are missing, which tells a story of mm-hmm. why aren't they there? What's happened? What is this community lost? And then and the flip side of that again, Cyril Karn not even connecting to his own version of family or community in, in a horrible yet also amusing way. Uh, it all kind of um, that's the starting point for me.
3: Yeah, no, I, I love everything you're saying. And, and I think for me, what's, what's powerful about the tale of community is we get to see two homes that Cassian has had. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're coded in this very, uh, classic star Wars way is places of grounded, productive community, right? They, they celebrate the star Wars theme of stronger together, right? Uh, yeah. that family is what matters. Family is what motivates us. Um, we are all uh, one in a, in a large family of, of existing, even within the force, right? We're, mm. we're all uh, symbiotic uh, beings uh, who benefit from everything going well from everybody. These are, these are classic Star Wars themes. Uh, but then diving deeper in that, we kind of see it in two different ways. We, you know, we see Kanari as this group of kids having their own culture, their traditions, Uh, Mm -hmm. with the the paint the way that they uh react to a foreign ship is a known thing right they're going Mm -hmm. through this uh there there are rites of passage that it feels like uh, that maybe young Mm casa cassian casa hasn't maybe passed yet right yeah um they're they're coded as honestly a community at risk uh Mm-hmm. We don't know how that mine was abandoned. We don't quite know why there are no parents there. There's this Lord of the Flies vibe, but mm-hmm. they have made community and they are stronger together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then everyone on Ferrex on is coded as being a community. Right. They're scraping, working, getting by, but they have each other, you know, Star, a Star Wars story with multiple drinking establishments that you can choose from right (laughs) which one's which one's too crowded Cassian hasn't been (laughs) at that one in a long time uh it's all community it's you know it's day jobs in in you know in date nights and the time grappler Mm as this cultural institution uh climbing up to the center of that that what looks like kind of the community building at the heart of the city in Rick's Mm -hmm. Road right Mm -hmm. um They even use a phrase I think is a a, a, by chob chob a a couple times right. They're coded so much as having a true community and society. Um, You mentioned as well. I I I love when that uh, premore technician says (laughs) to Karn, "Have you ever been there?" And he's like, "Doesn't matter." matter. And she's like, "They have their own way of doing things. Uh, They're Mm -hmm. coded in this positive way of." Um, even though they're they're both going through a hard time of societies that are stronger because they work together, and then we see both of those places violated by mm. the rigid authoritarianism or the or the fear of rigid authoritarianism
4: yeah the destruction or evasion of of cultures is is obviously a big one here um uh, in, in both timelines yeah very- yeah very clearly and destroying that destroying, you know, and it's one of the things we talk about, which is the, 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 the oppression of the empire. I love how it's played out and love uh, celebrating it. But I just, I, I, I think it's so powerful that in solo in rug one, we, we talked often about how does Han Solo feel it in the industry is destroyed on Karelia. His father uh, drinks himself to death or whatever leaves, you know, uh, not dead. I think he might be in the comics. If I remember it, right. um, uh Infest Nest, again, going to that, all these communities and, and, and planets affected uh, by the criminal syndicates, not of the Empire. The Empire lets the criminal syndicates do this stuff. It is the slow erosion there. And this is just it's, you know, I hear a lot of people describe it. It's on the ground. It is on the ground. The show is on the ground and you see it up front, this destruction or invasion of what's going on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and, and there's just some classic Star Wars images right to to make this contrast the the idea of uh, blow darts versus blasters right i mean mm-hmm. mm. that's very classic star wars imagery of you know the ewoks against the empire you know uh uh finn coming up with the idea of uh, we're not going to use speeders we're going to use orbax and the star destroyer of like the organic in the community versus the kind of uh, technological uh terrorists right. um you know, uh, young Casa seeing his face in the literal black mirror of the ship. And then I mean, like, thought of great images that really support, uh, these ideas. And uh, I, I, I do, I scene. do think it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. So I, that
4: scene where he sees himself in the mirror is, uh, uh, that was a repeat viewing moment where I think I, I honed in on a little more. It's beautiful. It's haunting. It's important. I love it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like he's just really looking at, at who he is. Uh, mm-hmm. question of if he has seen himself, if he's ever seen a surface this clean, that isn't natural. <laughs> yeah. That isn't yeah. water, you know, uh, all those mm-hmm. kinds of uh, questions that we don't fully know. Uh, but then when we get to, to Ferrix, right. the the contrast mm-hmm. between the way Sergeant, uh, uh, Linus Mosk talks about it, right. Of, we need a stronger hand with these affiliate planets. And, and one of my yeah. favorite lines, there's fomenting out there, sir. Pockets of fomenting, um, corporate tactical forces are the empire's first line of defense. Right. and, and if you, you know, dig down mm-hmm. into that. Just like in Solo, we saw the Empire saying, "Like, yeah, let's kind of use uh, the criminal syndicates to get what we want and squeeze the freedom of the galaxy as well." Uh, mm-hmm. We'll do that with corporations too. We'll use them as as foot soldiers to step on people's necks, so nobody has the uh, the basic luxuries of life, so that they can start thinking about <laughs> rebellion. Yeah. Um, so all that all that's going on there, and and you know, this is you've talked about it. It, it. It's pretty blatant of what's happening in, in episode three of the idea of this rigid authoritarian approach without a lot of creativity, right. Of like, mm-hmm. we're going to march in with force. We're going to uh, put pressure on the relationships. We're going to try to literally block people in. We're going to flank and control, and we're going to use all of our military moves. And of course our might's going to be enough. And then in contrast, mm-hmm. the people of Ferrix using culture, geography, tools mm-hmm. of labor, uh, to act as one organism, everything from the bells to tying down the ship to the hiding and the silence, you know, it's all uh, connection. And even Luther and Cassian are creative in the way that yep. they deal with the rigid procedural moves. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was one of the things that I think is moving, important. It tells a story, and for me, is like that's Star Wars. There's a million moments uh, in Star Wars to to compare this to. This is a core idea of Star Wars.
4: You, this, you, all you one leap, and you got an Ewok taking out a biker scout with a <laughs> a, a, a rope. <laughs> it's the same. Right? It's the same.
3: Yeah, it's the same, but we're kind of seeing it in this yeah, yeah, different you, way. Anyway, you just, uh, the, yeah. the
4: Ewoks aren't drunk, and they didn't just have sex, you know,
3: <laughs> that we know of or saw on screen. That we know of, yeah, that's the sound of a reckoning. Obviously, it was a powerful line in. Uh, the trailer, uh, but e- even more powerful in the uh, in the context of having seen Marva's home raided and oh, yeah. Cassian's bedroom, including his Banta toy, violated. You know.
4: And by the way, I hate to just keep going to jokes. but can someone cut together a, a super cut of Ewoks blowing the war horn and then Marva just going, "That's the sound of a reckoning." <laughs> has that has that happened yet? <laughs> That's the sound of a reckoning. Oh, you don't you yeah. hate it when it stops. Why? Why?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wh- wh- why is. Why is it silent? Where did the bears go? Hmm. Yeah. Mar- Mar- Marva's best line might be,
4: hmm. What does uh, it mean uh, when
3: it goes silent?
4: Hmm. Uh, yeah. I have, I have thoughts on that one later, too. It's such a great moment.
3: But, but it really is about all of this, right? It's about yeah. the assumption that um, our blasters and our boots and our, uh, uh, you know, system of authority gives us authority. The empire gives us authority. We can march in here and do whatever. And Marva's hmm is powerful because it's the moment where she's like, I've taken the power away from this individual soldier. He thinks he has his blaster on me, but I have the power right now because I know the truth of what's going on and he does not. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, What other ideas did you want to discuss? Uh, let's see two other
4: big ones here. We, I mean, well, you know, we continue even to discuss the destruction. Uh, what I'm putting is the destruction or, or invasion of cultures. So it's, it's mm-hmm. very clear, particularly going in the flashbacks w- with, uh, Casa and, uh, his community there. And when, again, we don't know the whole story there. Your idea, You could make a, a Lord of the Flies reference, but just say what, what happened to the adults? How do they form up? I think it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating to learn a little bit more of that if we do. Um, and again, I think it spiritually lines up with, I've been in the fight since I was six years old because he's not six there. So what happened five, six years ago, uh, here, um, there's a weird, there's some not timeline questions, but it's like, well, I'm curious to see how far, what, what they're saying with some of it Cause the, the, you're mentioning Republic, the Republic officers, the Republic ship is coming. Uh, part of the reason, uh, they, they, they decide to take, or, or Marvin decides to take Casa out of there, but it's a separatist
3: patch Mm -hmm. i did i did i googled that seven times to be like that is a separatist insignia which you know we we can dive a little bit more into that those questions when we talk canon but but yeah i really agree with you there's there's questions of who who is doing what to canary right yeah
4: who's doing what and and marvin kind of knowing the lay of the leg like like, the the they're the republic's coming here and again is it so it's just simply a statement of hey they're both the same you and i would argue that star wars does have um, something to say on that. But Marva doesn't necessarily have to agree with that or she's feeling it in a different way. It's a perspective thing. Dying to know more about that. But even the mind, even this vi- this vision of this world, this resource uh, just being mined on out of here, but it's abandoned. But then here later, later on, because this is this is clearly, uh, you know, old Republic era, so to speak, uh, Clone Wars era, whatever you want to say. Uh, but later on, the Imperials abandon it because of an Imperial mining disaster, which clearly is taken from Darth Vader's uh, index card play, <laughs> playbook on how to handle this stuff. Handles mm-hmm. it. So I'm I'm just fascinated, and you can look at it from the Star Wars point of view, but it's definitely um, what's going on. Uh, it's what's going on with 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 Casa, uh, as we now know his his his, uh, his birth name, his real name is. Part of his real identity and that ties into – all of this ties into the search for who, who you really are, which we mentioned mm-hmm. about. Even the description of episode one is uh, – if you go to Disney+, Plus, it's like Cassian uh, searching for clues to his past. The mm-hmm. connection you're talking about with the sister, but it's a search for who he was, what was taken from him, where is he going now, looking for a connection, looking for better connections maybe honoring connections and remembering how we got there. And there's so many questions about Marva. Did she do good? Did she do right? Did she do bad? She clearly ends up being right. Uh, A father figure killed. What happened to his parents? Uh, Keeping his old weapon around her finding Mm -hmm. that next to the bantha, by the way, love that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm fascinated by it because it's powerful and it's potentially, um, uh, uh, you know, a through line of the entire series.
3: I think everything you're saying there is, is so great. Um, And I think it's, it, it, it makes for a really complex and interesting character where uh, Cassian obviously has great love for for Marva and is mm. traumatized by the death of who we're assuming, Clem, uh, mm-hmm. when Luthan says father, but we could be wrong on that. So there is this kind of great love for his found family, including B2Emo. <laughs> oh, yeah, the best. But this, but it's, you know, um, Diego Luna has talked about it being an immigrant story, right? So, like, yeah. here's here's this family I've found, But I had another family. I had another culture. What is the truth of that? You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that's powerful. I mean, honestly, um, everything's, you know, pretty explicit with the uh, the corpos, the jerks who, you know, Mm -hmm. shake him down and and harass him in the bar for absolutely no reason. Right. Um, But it's it it, to, to me, it is it is powerful that they make the cruel taunt that makes sense for the geography of that planet of, you know, did he swim across? Did you swim across? But like when I yeah. heard that this morning, sort of the gut punch of saying that to somebody who is, you know, whose mm-hmm. uh, heritage mm-hmm. is, is being Mexican, right? Uh, yeah. That's one of those moments where like it absolutely works in the world of Star Wars. It works in the geography of, uh, of, of that planet. Uh, but it's a gut punch. If, if you think about what's yeah. being said in, in the connections to the real world.
4: Yeah. Yeah, um absolutely is. Uh yeah, no it it's it's uh it's a little bit of a go back to where you you, you came from type of attitude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely is. Uh, I mean yeah. almost to the point of not even like, coded, right? But but it, it is. <laughs> it is what it yeah. is. Yeah.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just in that that was my last uh, big idea that there is just kind of a lot about value and in class. There's obviously a ton of class stuff going on with, you know, the mm-hmm. corporals have a, you know, a luxury sector where they can break the laws that they enforce on others. Yeah. Uh, yeah just the, f- the fact that Karn looks like he's literally going to squeak if you touch him. Right. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's going to explode. <laughs> uh, but, but there's, to me, there's this other, other ideas of values of just kind of like whose deaths matter and why. Right. Um, mm-hmm. alpha on, uh, on Canary, uh, it matters that the Republic visitors on Canary died. That Marva's perspective is the Republic's gonna slaughter anybody they think is involved with in that or even saw it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, These fools ignite all of this by getting themselves killed. You know, Cassie yeah. doesn't want to. Uh, and then we're kind of left with the question of Tim, the value of Tim's life. You know, yeah. will yeah. his death light a fire? All that kind of stuff. Uh, but last thing I wanted to share with this uh, idea of value is if this is about Cassian searching for identity, um, by the end of part three, everything's coming down to what is Cassian's value, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to Marva, to Bix, to, to Brasso, to B2 Emo. They just love him and want him yeah. to be okay, right? And his value is they love him. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For Cyril Karn and, and Linus Mosque, uh, they don't, they don't really care that he killed those two a-holes. He's a stepping stone. He, yep. He's valuable mm-hmm. as a trophy. Uh, even to Luthan, who we don't get to quite fully know yet. Uh, he he's. I think he's encouraging, like you said, Cassian to, to explore his truth. But he's straight up saying, like, you're more valuable to me than that box because you're talented. You're a yeah. talented, motivated asset. So he's being valued for being an asset. And then Cassian yeah. himself can't see more life, more value in his own life than that box. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I love mm-hmm. that the third part ends with this question, really raising this question of what gives Cassian value, and, and by sort of um philosophical extension, what gives a person value.
4: I Absolutely love that. I think I think it's played so well with with what you're describing with Luthen, kind of like you ain't the box man, <laughs> you ain't the box. And I think that's a lesson for all of us. We are not the box.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we are not the box. Uh, any any more uh, big thematic ideas that you'd like to discuss?
4: Here's a, if I want. I don't know if it's a theme, Joseph, but I'm calling it the lessons of being a spy from Luthen, which I want an entire episode on.
5: <laughs>
3: I'm in mean, an old 50s video, right? <laughs> of like, uh, he, Here's the rules about being a spy and also some posture and etiquette
4: rules. Yeah, I mean, look, you and I have been primed to love lutheran from the beginning. Uh, it's just, uh, it's been uh, right up our alley for old crusties in Star Wars. And he yeah. uh, we deliver, we'll talk more about some of our favorite moments. But yeah, I, I think it also t- ties into the bigger things. Uh, there's obviously more serious things going on. But for a show that's supposed to be a spy thriller, I love that we got like step one. <laughs> No, your escape. Tip two. Bombs in the door. Like it was, it was really one of my favorite parts of the show.
3: <laughs> Never carry anything you don't control. Right? Yeah, It's, it is really, really great. He does. He seems like just like an absolutely terrifying uh, instructor you'd, you'd have if you were in scouts yeah. or something. Yeah, uh, Great. Yeah. I can't wait to discuss more Luthan. Uh, but for now, I think we are ready to take a break. Only 90 minutes into the show. We're ready to take a break. We'll be right back. And we are back to continue our discussion of the first three episodes of Andor. in Ken, I I am understanding that we have the potential for a special guest.
4: (laughs) During the break, uh, real world stuff, I had to run out to get our uh, youngest chihuahua, Franny Francis, who's in my office. Normally, she'll curl up and sleep in a little bed. But they're doing some work on our roofs right now, and there's a chance that she will freak out. (laughs) So I apologize if suddenly there's a chihuahua barking in the background.
3: The thing that I'm concerned about is if there is some chihuahua barking and then suddenly silence, I might get a little frightened. (laughs) What does the silence mean? Where is Franny? Uh, What is she planning?
4: Her barks are the sound of a reckoning, indeed. So, yes.
3: <laughs> all right. We are going to continue our discussion. We always like starting with kind of like the, the big ideas, but then spend a lot of time on the fun details. Uh, we like to talk about the canon. We like to talk about some of the fun action moments because Star Wars is always still an action-adventure serial. Uh, even this one's got some some great action scenes, some great cliffhangers. Uh, we love moments of comedy and whimsy that make us love the characters. So we're going to discuss all of those details We're going to start first with uh, Canon. Um, And this is very interesting because I I did see some people react of like, um, oh, man, I'm I'm happy this isn't full of Easter eggs or known characters, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would agree that it is not as dense as some shows, uh, but there is actually a lot of uh, fascinating stuff going on. How did you Mm -hmm. feel about the overall uh, sort of uh, I recognize that or that is a connection to another narrative or another character about the amount of it in this show?
4: Uh, we're we, 90 minutes in get ready for 90 more minutes look i have some heated thoughts <laughs> on uh the debate around uh what now people call easter eggs and i do agree the term easter egg has been become something else now which you just have to kind of accept right. what it means now it's a an easter egg in the past was uh, the animators put a hidden message there for you there and sometimes you didn't want to see the message unless you were a kid um yeah. So uh, it's it's interesting. And then, you know, again, it's I, I will argue if you if anyone tells you that Star Wars is just busy reminding you about Star Wars, they're wrong. And ATSD showing up in Rogue One, which was mocked uh, ferociously on the Internet is because that's the equipment of that time. That's, that's that's just stop all that kind of thoughts, analyze the why, um, analyze the error. So yes, the show lacked some of the more over-the-top uh, things, but there was a lot in there and some really interesting decisions about what made the
5: show.
3: Yeah, no, I really, really agree. I, I think for me that uh, the Easter eggs, the cameos, whatever uh, words yeah, that are being that word, a little yeah. bit, A little bit tortured out of their actual meaning. Uh, Retroactive Mm -hmm. continuity, I would throw in that pile of being a little bit (laughs) morphed out of their original meaning. For me, nine times out of ten, it is um, that the perspective, the stated perspective of the creators and producers of Star Wars is that it's one big story and that there are connections. There are meaningful, emotional connections. Mm-hmm. Um, if a planet gets name dropped that you know from the Clone Wars, it's often a vital story about what was the government like when we met the planet, what is it like now? Mm-hmm. And so, for me, nine times out of ten, uh, the connections can be fun, like I recognize that, but if you dig in, it has deeper meaning. Um, like Terra yeah. right? Terra yeah. poor corpse in Obi Wan Kenobi could just be like a of a a fun and tragic i recognize that but it actually that specific jedi tied to the themes of that episode so anyway uh enough of that let's get into the details of andor first big one for me is uh bby uh, as a measurement of time is back baby (laughs) battle before yavin is back that's right Uh, on the screen, we get the uh, establishing of uh, what planet uh, Cassian is on and some details that it's a corporate sector. Uh, and then it says 5 BBY. And I'm sure some people are like, is that how much he paid to <laughs> land there, right? Uh, but uh, I, I would imagine most people listening to this podcast who are invested for a long time, particularly in the uh, expanded universe and, uh, you know, companion uh, 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 information books and that, that was the the timeline for Star Wars, uh, ba- the Battle of Yavin uh, mm-hmm. of that being in in Star Wars being the kind of uh, ground zero of the timeline going before and after. So, uh, how did you feel about that making a canonical return?
4: I, 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 I love it because, again, it, they don't – at this point in the story, no one's keeping time that way, right? <laughs> if you had said it's five years before the <laughs> Battle of Yavin and you'd go, the Battle of what now? Um, so I understand. And, and they did and there are, there is a, like an alternate timeline out there, alternate. It's like it is the timeline. I remember that showed up and – um Look, I, I, I went to school in my youth in America when they were trying to get us all to learn the metric system. I completely understand the metric system works for the world. I remember going, I'm good. I, I'm sticking to inches here. <laughs> um, I was six, but I was like, that, that, this this side of the ruler looks confusing to me. Um, so I, I, I remember looking at that new time being kept, the new timeline. I was like, no, this, this, Battle of Yavin is a great measuring stick. So uh, I understand Again, in real world, no one's keeping time that way in star in the Star Wars world. But I, I do, as a Star Wars fan, just love it on the screen. It's just it's simple. It's more clear for me.
3: Yeah, it, it's simple, and I think if you interpret it, or you know, want to wait five minutes and have eight thousand articles uh, uh, write it for you, or ask a Star Wars friend, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's simple, clear information about where we are in the timeline. This is about five years out uh, from the Battle yeah. of Yavin, which means it's about five years out from Rogue One, so you can place it. You know, yeah. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it and i think for me i know i know there are people who love it who have studied it right there are probably <laughs> tattoos of bby timelines down people's arms yeah. uh you know so i was just kind of happy for those people who love it yeah no i, I get it i get it um, yeah i love it uh okay so moving on uh this whole uh, fest thing a main storyline in these three episodes is that uh Andor in the entire Andor family tell people that he was born on Fest. That's what is his, in his official imperial records. We are learning that he on he was born on Canary. They make that very clear. He was born there. Whatever mm-hmm. else happened with that abandoned mind and the missing parents, he was born there. Um, so uh, Fest mainly exists in in canon. Is uh, in Rogue One tie in and resource books. Uh, it's mentioned offhand in canon, but we've never spent a bunch of uh, quality time there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a fascinating thing to discuss because uh, it, particularly in the in the Rogue One, you know, visual dictionary or mm-hmm. uh, uh, other title, uh, ultimate visual guide. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Cassian backstory, uh, including mm-hmm. that he's from Fest and what happened to his parents and what motivated him to join the rebellion, uh, which now makes this uh, visual dictionary, visual guide read like propaganda placed <laughs> by Endor. <laughs> Uh, how do you feel about all that you know
4: Mm. Uh, surprisingly complicated Um, I I have to separate you know uh, some of my past thoughts like I was very much on you know there's some folks upset that there was this new wrinkle to the Poe Dameron story and Rise of Skywalker being a spice runner before you know it didn't line up and I just I was very much on the side of that ain't no retcon Uh, Mm -hmm. that is just new additional information to the point of being maybe grumpy about it but so I have to take that version of me and try to align it with this version, who's like, but I knew it was called Fest. <laughs> You're saying it wasn't? That's not the answer to this trivia question? And <laughs> I, I ran up against it. It's funny because like, I, I occasionally do videos on the side for fandom, and one of them I did was the Andor trailer. Like It's like a pop-up video. Right? And so that shot of what is now Casa uh, on Canari uh, looking at the abandoned mine, I put a pop-up, like, this is most likely Fest. So Now I'm like, well, now I'm embarrassed. and so i have to separate those kind of feelings i have to separate that knowing trivia answers isn't necessarily about what you love or understanding star wars and then there's some real world things i have not seen this in it. you know gilroy's given a lot of interviews and god bless him if i did something that's good i would too but there's a little bit i had i had to separate fact from fiction in my own mind of he probably has i got a great story Here's what, where, where uh, Cassian begins. This is what we'd like to do. Diego Luna comes in as a executive producer. Oh, that's great. And then at some point someone says, well, he was born on Fest though. And that's not mm-hmm. Fest. And he has two parents and he's been in the fight since they were six and they were kind of on the separatist side. And does how does that align? And, and I think they've handled it in a great way. It's intriguing to me. So, yep, we might have to reprint some books. Yep, the video I wrote, at least I got paid because it no longer is accurate. <laughs> um, you know, um, I I just think it, it it's 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 very interesting because I think there's a I assume there's a little bit of a oh well I didn't know that we're gonna still to tell the story and find a way to work mer- work it out. However, it's also so done so powerfully that I don't know if that's true. That's just me assuming, of Gilroy and the writing team doing that. Maybe they had that thought from the beginning. Hey, what if he was kind of lying about who he was because he had to, and he's disconnected from that. And this is part of the search of who he is. Um, Mm -hmm. That's, that's way fascinating. So at the end of the day, I really love it. Despite the fact that I already went to the Wikipedia page that they've done. The editors have done some great changes overnight.
3: (laughs) It is really fun to see the amazing quick draw uh, uh, changes that happen on uh, Wikipedia. yeah, I think I have um, multiple feelings about it. It's a conversation that goes around, I think, with people who are really diehard Star Wars fans. A uh, part of the joy of the canon connections is the immersion, right? Mm-hmm. To feel like if you read a truth in a comic book or a novel or you play a truth in a video game, that that's the truth and it enriches the storytelling for you. Right. And I, I get that connection to canon. That's why I care. Uh, about canon uh you have the great phrase emotional canon and and that's helpful Mm. for me because i care more about the emotional canon i care more that uh this planet went through a revolution right or this planet believed the empire and then what happens Mm. 10 years later all those kind of things um or obi-wan used to like to fly but then he had a traumatic experience (laughs) connected more with organic creatures and beasts of burdens and and uh you know preferred that as a means of transportation that's emotional Mm -hmm. canon that carries through to kenobi the tv show um, so I understand when when people just have an immediate, like, uh, are are you taking something that I kind of internalized about these characters and changing it? Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Then I also have that thought of, like, okay, let's pull way back because the majority of people watching this show will have no idea that a yeah. resource book from, you know, 2016 was, was uh, played with in any way, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's good storytelling on the screen. The vast majority of people who see it will never know that that's a change. And then... Right. My final thought is a personal one that it honestly makes Cassian's page uh, in, in that book more intriguing to me yeah. because it, it it Star Wars always has a lever, level of um, do you trust the narrator? Like in individual yes. scenes, do you, the, the thing that Luke said, is that true? The thing that Obi-Wan Kenobi believes, is that true or is that Obi-Wan's perspective? Did Palpatine, is there even a half truth in that or is he just straight up lying to manipulate someone? Yeah. Even down to... Who's telling us the story of Star Wars? If it starts with, a, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, who wrote that? Who's saying that? <laughs> who, who, who told the audience it's 5 BBY? Because you're right, only a time traveler inside Andor would know yeah. that. And to me, it just makes it a, an even more interesting layer of, are the visual guides reliable narrators? Is every page hmm. a reliable narrator? Um, hmm. Because that it isn't just like a change. It isn't just like his name used to be Cassian, but we've renamed him Davis. Right. Like it's not just like a change for no reason. It's if you if you want to dive into it, it's intriguing in terms of what does this storytelling actually mean and and who do we believe and why and how and when.
4: Yeah. So, you know, the end result is uh, I'm really on board for it. Yeah. If they had just simply said, no, he was born on Kanari, What's fest? Then I'd be like, all right, I don't know. You know, um, my feelings would have been hurt, but no, I love it. It's used so well.
3: Yeah. And I also think it is a big answer as to why there are not books like this for The Mandalorian, why a bunch of things were announced and then mm-hmm. canceled. I have no evidence for this. My personal assumption is that that Favreau is sensitive to these kind of things of like, well, we just introduced this character in one episode. We don't know that a season from now, that character is not going to be hugely important. And we're going to want to say a bunch of things about who they are. And we don't want to be, we don't want to upset fans and we don't want to be tied to a paragraph in a book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I know is complicated for fans. I'm just throwing out uh, my, my opinion. Um, okay. shall we move on from fest? <laughs> we're going to have to. <laughs> okay. Let's move on from fest to bleep. Uh, I was so invested in the story, I did not even register until my second viewing that there was an S bomb in Star Wars. Um, I we we talk about so many so many Star Wars stories, Ken. I believe there was an S bomb in a book in the last year or so that we talked about. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh God, uh, what was that? Mm. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure other people have noted. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, um, mm-hmm. but it's relatively recent. So this is the, I I believe, the first time in live action that the word has appeared. But uh, it has a, I believe, it appeared in a in a book as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about the old S bomb in Star Wars?
4: Um, I'll confess something here. Um, I don't think I really figured that out till this morning. I'd seen it three times through. I didn't pay attention, (laughs) like not in the way. I just was. It so was part of the wallpaper in a good way. Even Marv is saying those primo bastards like that. That worked for me too, and that is a that is a testament to the mature tone and TV rating. Uh, it does say strongly; it has a strong language warning. Um, it just oh, felt course, right at home. Language. Yeah. yeah, felt you right know, at
3: home. When I when I it, it didn't register for me when I watched it the first time because it is so uh, Sergeant uh, uh, Linus mm-hmm. Mosk's emotional truth in that moment
5: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that when I started watching Andor on Disney Plus at midnight last night you know the screeners didn't have the specific warnings so the strong course language is like did they say carabast (laughs) (laughs) is there some star wars swear words like what are they talking about like yeah oh oh yeah i mean i think for me this just goes in the massive bucket of is it too real world for you in star wars and everybody has a different line right we've talked about Mm -hmm. it a million times big ass door that poe says is too real world for some people you know I don't care what universe you're from. That's got to hurt. It's too real world uh, for me. That's just always going to mm-hmm. be a, a thing. Real world stuff is in Star Wars and sometimes it it uh, works for people and sometimes it doesn't.
4: Yeah. Look, I'll be I'll confess something there. Um, uh, Sometimes when I hear like I love Ichuta, uh, it's just tied to my, you know, whatever McClunky is I love. Um, sometimes uh, Carabast or Dang, uh, Dank Farrick or whatever I, I, it actually co- it takes me out of the story more than an S-bomb S <laughs> that yeah. makes sense in case of point because I, I mean, again you're just watching it's on television you're watching House of Dragons they're swearing up and down you know. it just doesn't sit out to me I guess but it just seems so organic and part of it I didn't really notice it till a, a repeat viewing where if he had said Dank Farrakh, I'd have been like oh yeah, the Star Wars, curse, Star Wars curse word so I actually kind of prefer this in a way
3: Yeah, no, and and I think Star Wars is a vast galaxy, right? Because Mm -hmm. it seems like Dank Farrick is very popular among bounty hunters in their ilk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mandalorian swear word to begin with, Echuta is a a hut swear word, right? Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Carabast. you know, we heard a lot uh, from Zeb and Rebels, and Han says it in a book, which I love, because that is honestly, um, you know, I don't have any problem with the adult word being in Star Wars. This is a more adult Mm. Star Wars there. They put up the warning all that. I don't personally have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. My only problem ever with the naughty S word in Star Wars is I feel like if it exists, Han Solo should be saying it 90% of the time. <laughs> I, I, agree <laughs> I agree with that. I agree at that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. Uh, uh that's our deep dive into naughty S word. Uh shall we move on? Uh yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, McClunky, let's move on. McClunky. Um okay, yeah, so you you brought this up. I'm so glad. Uh There's this question of where exactly are we on the timeline? Because we were offered no BBY uh, when we were seeing young Andor on uh, Canary. Mm -hmm. Um, Marva seems to be a person of authority. She is calling, uh, saying that the Republic frigate is coming and that a a Republic uh, officer uh, has been killed and the Republic is going to retaliate violently. And that's why she needs to get Andor off there. And yet uh, the logos are what we know as the logos of the separatists from the Clone Wars era. So do you feel like that is um, just a, a, an opening to storytelling that we're going to hear more about? Is that how you're approaching it or oh, are you approaching yeah. it some other way?
4: Yeah, I'm approaching it that way. Uh, you know, it, it'd be very it, it would be a giant leap for me to think that it was some sort of air, right, that the wrong patch yep. got put on in several people, the,
3: the, the several people in the camera lingers on it. There's yes. no way. Yeah. So I'm intrigued Not by a it. coffee cup or jeans guy in the background. right? It's <laughs> yeah,
4: the- <laughs> this isn't Daenerys's coffee. Uh, this was intentional. Uh, yeah. And and uh, so I'm very much intrigued by it and, and intrigued by, again, the, the Imperial mining disaster. But that's this is not the Imperial era right here. So there's a lot more to learn, a lot more about Marv. I think it just played well. Uh, and talk about connecting to a uh, you know, bigger story. There it is. There's There's some great questions that come out of that.
3: Yeah, I think for me, it does really feel like there is a lot to fill in in Cassian's story from, you know, his arrest record. Uh, mm-hmm, he's, mm-hmm. he's had some run ins, right? Um, yeah. What did is it indeed Clem, as we're assuming, who who was hanged? Uh, and, mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. did he do uh, to have that happen o- on Canary? That mine seems abandoned, right? Um, yeah. When right. and yeah. how and why w- were the parents of those kids? miners, you know, who fell to a disaster and they've been getting on themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, imperial mining disasters, you say, often does, is code for, we did something awful on that planet, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Marva is claiming that they don't need masks from whatever has poisoned uh, right. th- those officers, but is that something that's going to affect the planet? So a lot of great questions swirling around it. And, and I think that m- a little bit of my headcanon question is... Uh, uh, are the are the the clone wars fomenting is is dooku mm. is this in a time where dooku is doing some fomenting mm. uh but the clone wars haven't broken out and there's no reason that marva would recognize that like that's about to be the symbol of the other side in a civil war
4: that's intriguing that's really intriguing mm. I hadn't really thought about that that is, it is her into this moment. I guess the Republic got some new uniforms. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Or like, you know, recognize it as, you know, maybe that was originally a symbol of a part of the Republic, a sector of the Republic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know for sure in modern canon, uh, but there is also like her perception of the Republic to be dealt with, right? Uh, yeah. That um, we know that this is in general a time where uh, Palpatine is eroding, the Republic and you know, we have good figures like Padme and Bale uh, in Mon Mothma fighting uh, even when Cassian's that young to, to keep it um, a better place. Uh, But we know that it's slipping. So maybe Marva's right or maybe Marva is wrong. Maybe Marva, you know, thought she was saving Andor's life and she wasn't. Right.
4: Yeah. Uh Yeah. yeah that that it's such a yeah it, you know look look into next week we'll get, hopefully get some more answers uh, i definitely hope we're not done with, with marva i don't think we are but uh man that that look back that look back at her when mm. she's piloting it out was so powerful but also because i had that i uh, you know like, like why'd you take him I, I get the reasons your reasoning is good why'd you need to, it's just there's a lot there a lot there we're getting more
3: yeah yeah um yeah so then uh, moving on the uh, uh, calf man calf is all over the star wars books i i hooted and hollered with excitement uh because it so fits into this uh, this picture of star wars where we're getting to see a little bit of day-to-day time to to have mm. <laughs> bix wake up and go i hope you have calf uh yeah. that made me very happy how about you
4: uh I, I, yeah, that made me happy as did blue takeout noodles like uh, it was all it was all there <laughs>
3: is all there a little weirded out by just seeing tim carlo's socks you know that that might have been the 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 moment that was like okay this guy's named tim and those are just his gray boring socks those aren't space (laughs) socks i'm enraged
4: yeah that's uh, yeah i saw some people uh, post that we've finally seen socks in star wars like uh i didn't stop and think about it uh, like that but yeah it's true yeah. Uh,
3: everything else I have on my list is a, a, a deeply incomplete list of little mm-hmm. background things. Um, yeah. The planet from Rogue One, Wobani, well, is, is mentioned by Tim. Uh, if you have the captures on Luther's, uh, Luther's, Luthen's mm-hmm. ship is a Fondor mod droid, and Fondor's is mm-hmm. an, an important planet. We mentioned Cassian's, uh Bantha toy. We see mm-hmm. a holler ship uh, that is also uh, featured in the video game uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, mosque shouts for bakta <laughs> when the mm. speeder blows up and then we just have lots of different aliens that we have seen before in the background including uh simeon uh in the yard um Akiaki on the train mm. steel pecker in the yard all these just sound like songs uh but yeah <laughs> i did not make a complete list of known and recognized uh you know aliens but it, it is not full of um fan service kind of hey look at this right Mm -hmm. but if you Mm -hmm. are a fan of star wars it feels absolutely of the galaxy it is full of connections
4: yeah absolutely yeah yeah i know you said you had a complete list so i'm just adding to what i thought i saw. there was a it's not necessarily what's it's not a tito but when Bix is walking through town, end of episode one, it's the, it might be either Tito or is it the character, the, the type that was yelling at Ray when she's cleaning the parts at the beginning of Force Awakens.
3: Yeah, yeah. The the little bean with the sort of uh, compact uh, robotic mask. Yeah, yeah, uh,
4: yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of people point out uh, 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 Crusher Rodoon, uh, Rodune maybe there or uh, a similar uh, setup there. Um, yep. Love that. Uh, and then, look, I, I'm always excited for a Y-Wing, so seeing a, a Y-Wing in the background was fun, too.
3: Yeah, no, a lot of great stuff. Uh, yeah, so uh, we have a lot to talk about, and uh, uh, other people will do much more complete mm-hmm. listings. Uh, anything else in there that you wanted to talk about?
4: No, no, no. Uh, other, than, I'll say this, though. Aki Aki going to Ferrex. I want that sub-story.
3: <laughs> they <laughs> get you're around the galaxy this. a little yeah. bit, right? Because they're on Tatooine as well. Yeah, I love that. And some of it might be like, yes, we are... We're reusing costumes uh, yes. for budget reasons, but it's also answers this sort of like, you know, the, mm-hmm. we didn't in the, uh, in the uh, uh, sequel trilogy, we didn't see as many known aliens. So it's fun to see them getting out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into action. Uh, how did you feel uh, about the level of just action scenes? And what were some of your favorite moments from them?
4: I, I, I was fine with it. I I think that you just kind of know what they're going for and the lack of uh, traditional pew, pew, pew. I I think that's going to come. And by the time the third episode, um, you know, shows up and a lot of the actions there, it really Mm -hmm. pays off Uh, the tension of the standoff. The tension of the, of the third episode is, is, is next level, uh, Mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end, it just builds so well. So, I really love that. It meant, you know, again, Luthen setting all the traps like a spy mentor. The whole th- plot to get out—it it, it really paid off. To where, especially on rewatch, I did miss uh, what was happening in the first or second episodes, but I I, I did initially, and then again, go when I said up top where I was like, I fi- I watched the first two episodes when I had the screeners, and then put it aside for a day because I just had to. I felt I was missing it. I was missing again. I don't I don't know what I wanted. X wings shooting tie fighters. I don't know. But I just was like, oh, okay, okay, maybe, you know, they're going for something different. But then the third episode just um, explodes out. And I think also this could go into the bigger themes, but, but not using stormtroopers for this initial uh, conflict was really powerful because it ties into more real world themes. It, you, you, you can't hide behind some of the real world statements like you could have if it was just stormtroopers from that galaxy doing the stomping. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we saw their faces, it was a a local police force, for lack of a better term, a security sentry team, whatever, corporate uh, police, whatever you want to say. It was that was a great choice. That was one moment where because we know they're coming. um, It worked. It was effective for the story, effective there. So all the action built up to that. And then I'll say my my favorite action moment you you mentioned, but when Marva stops talking after she says the lines about the sound stopping, that's some action.
3: Hmm. That's your favorite action moment. Yeah. Hmm. Cause it's, yeah.
4: that is definitely, like you said, it is a jab. It is a power move. It is an action.
3: Yeah. No, this to me is, uh, the action I really enjoyed because it is more about the tension of when the action happens, it, it's still going to be moments of it are definitely going to be like fun and thrilling, but it's going to hmm. be real life and death. We know these characters. They're not, you know, nameless extras in the background. Um, I guess some of the uh, pre-war guards are, but we do actually get to know them a little bit in their perspective from the the speech and their attitude, um, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Um, So there's that great spy thriller where the, the, the action is just a total release of the tension that you build and build and build to. Yeah. Um, I'm totally fine with that. And this goes to me of like, for my myself wanting different flavors of star Wars, I totally understand if somebody's like, I kind of like star Wars when it's, in adventure, and where's the big space battle, and where's the big ground mm-hmm. battle, and where's the lightsaber battle, and be, I, and I would be like, cool, maybe Andor might not be your favorite Star Wars. That's okay, because yeah. that's one of the options. You know, yeah, you can go watch Empire Strikes Back. Cool, no problem. Um, it, so I'm okay with that. It's different, is uh, end of the day for me. And then uh, within that, there, I, I really like the headbutt of doom, as I'm calling it. It mm. was to me a great subversion. It's kind of like an action move. You know, we we've seen a lot uh, across everything, right? But it's a pretty mm. visceral get out of trouble, lure someone in close. Uh, mm. But the absolute horror of like, yeah, and then he he fell and cracked his head on something, and he yeah. died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it makes it, it 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 takes it from a generic action move to oh no, consequences immediately.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah, again, because the way the way Diego Luna plays it of just like, get him up. He's, he's dead and his his look of like, huh? Oh, yeah. Leap. Oh, no. You know, not was his
3: intention at all. Yeah. 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 Um, the blow dart sequence. Um, I was amazed when I watched it back that it was relatively fast because when, when the first time I watched oh, it, right. I could have sworn it was one hundred and eighty minutes long yeah yeah the tension was that high i mean i just i love anything that is playing with that those images of uh the rigid and the mechanical versus the you know the more organic and natural because it's it's such a huge part of star wars uh but you know just th- those those vulnerable kids who are going to be picked off by a blaster you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. It, it gave it such great tension so i i really uh enjoyed is uh, not the right word i was really invested yeah you yeah, um, know what you mean and then every everything else is the is the resistance on uh, uh, on Ferrex, right? The, mm-hmm. the surprise of the ship trying to take off. When, when we go from Brasso <sighs> kind of being like at the beginning, like Cassian, get your bleep together. I guess he could use the s word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, get your right. S word yeah. together. There's some gloves waiting for you. Just come here and work a day and stop mm. getting yourself into trouble. I guess I'll cover from you, but I'm a little annoyed to. No, I got your back. Yeah, you know. These yeah. people are not welcome here. Um, that made the ship trying to take off extremely powerful. And, and like just the panic of that, of the the dude, the, the security yeah. person would be like, stop fighting it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, yeah. There that, that was a real effective sequence, too, of just, uh, you know, a uh, uh, trigger happy uh, uh, soldier there or, 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 or officer yeah. there. But, not, but from a different perspective, uh, again, it, we talk about, you know, Karn learning up close and being on the streets. So it's like you, you pull that trigger, you kill Tim, and he, the look on his face is, 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 is haunting. It's, a, uh, oh, and even the other one going, oh, you, hey, get out of here. Go get the ship. Give me your blaster. Uh, it just adds to the confusion, the stress, and the tension. And everyone kind of um, having to pay more attention to what they believe and what they're acting on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that that portrait of if you go in there with that attitude of we are the we're the force, we don't have to negotiate with anyone, we can force Mm -hmm. anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that mindset causing him to escalate when he didn't need to. Right. Like uh, Mm a little gray socks, Tim Carlo, I don't feel like was a a real physical threat to them. Right. 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 So that really potent an unnecessary escalation that leads to this other unnecessary not unnecessary but this other escalation right with the tying the ship down Um,
4: yeah 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 it's a interesting conversation it's it's beyond even just simple misuse of power it's misunderstanding of the of of your power misunderstanding situation and and i've seen it for the first time and this happens a lot i think unfortunately so it was very real world but it leads to a brasso with great action uh and that sequence was was wonderful
3: yeah absolutely um uh, the, the slap charge the fact that they're called slap charges but that oh it, yeah the the short amount of time that luthan uh gives uh andrew to brace yourself boom <laughs> happens immediately mm-hmm. and then the great tension that that primar guard walking in and then uh, uh, just falling and the oh, plaster yeah. going flying that that was that was a good moment
4: it's just a, everything with the, the chains and the the metal everything
3: about it mm-hmm. was uh was wonderful My my last one here is uh, just generally Luthen's blaster technique. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm assuming from some of the trailers that we've seen that uh, that Luthen comes from, uh, you know, upper class comes from some money. Something happened in his life that led him to this ideology. And even down to his like, it looks like he's been like uh, trained, you know. In some sort of luscious countryside to shoot steel pecker, right? (laughs) Uh, Like he's hunting space pheasant, the way he has that little delicate brace of the arm under the blaster, right? Even the way he shoots his blaster, it's not cocky, let's see how this goes, uh, Han Solo, devil may care pose, right? (laughs) I've been trained in marksmanship at a very expensive school pose.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) yeah no, it added to it and remember we saw that we knew some blaster fire was coming but when they released the 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 teaser scene i was just like intense whispering Oh no, intense blaster fights as well love it
3: intense blaster fights as well all right uh shall we move on from action to comedy and whimsy yes because there was both yes yeah i was you know i was worried that this show might be super good but really really taking itself very seriously I was too I was just delighted at the moments of comedy and whimsy. And I think some of the moments are are, uh, just character building comedy. And I think a lot of them are like that line is deeply meaningful, Mm -hmm. but there's something so human about it, something so tragic about it that it's also like to me funny. Uh, yeah. So not that it isn't serious, but it is also laugh out loud funny at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so that was my big picture take on a comedy and whimsy. Uh, what did you think of it? And what are some of your favorite moments? We also which
4: heart and whimsy from B2 Emo, like a droid making me cry again. Like I, I, I just, yeah. what are you doing? But it also tracks with, um, you know, whatever, whatever Gilroy had with the, 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 the third act of rogue one and beyond and and depending on the stories of the year, he had a lot to do with all the acts of rogue one, but uh, you know, K2S, so you and I just talked about it on our Star Wars rank. You know, his death really affects me in that one, mm-hmm. uh, and the whole thing of choice of a programming. So the fact that b 2 emo has, you know, he lies, he loses energy, he has feelings, emotions. It seems like there's something there. Uh, it worked, and it's just from the beginning. I mentioned uh, that opening scene. I, I call it B2E. 2 Emu fights fights the system. Uh, those hounds peeing on him and him fighting back. It it is really telling. I love that. And then the line, uh, you know, the and it's Dave uh, Chapman uh mm-hmm. who's done a lot of work he's part of the bb8 team as well uh, but i love uh i love the voice marva said you're uh, ruining your health and reputation with friends of low character <laughs> she told him sooner or later you're going to get yourself into trouble you couldn't get out of love that line it's very telling very telling of uh, what uh, marva feels of this uh you know adopted child she loves and what he's been up to uh and it so it's comedy with purpose art with communication yeah.
3: Yeah, there were some non B2 emo lines for sure and uh, mm-hmm. moments that I wanted to share, but yeah, B2 emo was the the star. He <laughs> really was. Um, yeah. I, I think you know in the uh, the canon of Star Wars, the, the the droids have always had this sort of uh, personality, right? It's been mm-hmm. one of the things that have have. Created that everybody has meaning, everybody has value. You know, some characters don't think much of droids, and then other characters like Luke or Anakin really see their humanity and really, you know, everybody giving BB 8 scritches and checking on his <laughs> antenna, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that great legacy, I think what is st- strong about B2 Emo is the love for the Andor family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of that sense of like I am told different rules about human interaction about when I can say what, but I don't fully get it. So I blurt <laughs> things out. Right. Um, <laughs> there's some of that great sincere comedy of like, uh, like I, I, I've felt it sometimes like, honestly, you know, um, uh, grew up in Minneapolis and in an LA for a while. And every once in a while I come back to Minneapolis and I just accidentally, like, I don't know that somebody broke up or that somebody is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, Say something <laughs> like, "Ooh, whoops, okay." <laughs> Can and, uh, I speak now? <laughs> yes. Like, ooh, should I not have listed that X in the yeah. lineup? Or was that yeah. uh, did other people not know that those two people dated? Whoops, sorry. Yeah. Like uh, uh, uh. that vibe from B two emo, and the biggest thing, right, of just like uh, the the older right of the mm-hmm. really beat up, really not working as well. Yeah, but yeah. really trying. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. you know, connections you could make to the physical wear and tear. But, like, not not to get too melodramatic with it. But, like, I I, I think there's a lot of trauma in our entire society. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of us have this, like, sincerely just trying to get through this day. And yeah. I get peed on. And I don't have enough energy to lie. Yeah. And I don't know what this person needs from me. And, ooh, this technology is broken. Mm-hmm. And, like it's I think it makes him extremely relatable you know I think yeah. there's a lot of for all of us on different levels that it, in it me energy uh, <laughs> when we see a uh, bit to em- b too emo yeah
4: I, I think at some point in my real life I'm gonna say pause for data lag <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was my first uh yeah that was my first uh line halting for data lag like <laughs> extremely relatable <laughs> I didn't I didn't see it uh, fully when I watched in the screener, but I believe in the second episode when he's sitting in his little charging tub. Yeah, yeah, he's that's he's great. docked like an iPhone. Oh, that's great. So great! The I I I can speak now is great. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole fiery exchange between Andor and and Marv is great, where you know lists off uh, all of the women,
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and then without being asked, be two emo pipes up and bix. <laughs> <laughs>
4: She's got nothing to do with this.
3: Yeah. And it is, it is not a humor moment, but it is a B2 emo, uh, connection moment when they're going to pull his power charger out and he oh, rolls forward and goes, no. Oh, right. Yes. I, just, I want, cause like, please can I burst into this reality and protect B2 emo? <laughs>
4: Totally, man. Oh, gosh. Oh, and, and, and again, the end sequence, uh, you know, Marv is crying and I'm crying. But with B2 Emo, B2 Emo kind of has that like oh, hang dog expression. It <laughs> just got me.
3: Yeah, got me. doesn't want Andor to leave, doesn't want Cassian to yeah. leave. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll, we'll be talking more about uh, B2 Emo for sure. And can't wait to see uh, B2 Emo's journey in the show. Yeah. And, and seeing uh, B2 Emo a little bit y- more young and fit was powerful as well. Yeah. Uh, so what are some other uh, moments of comedy or, or whimsier humor that well,
4: got you? One, I, one started, it was literally some of the first lines and it's the bouncer when he like does the check and everything, he's like, upstairs lounge is closed tonight. I wouldn't call that a joke. I wouldn't call it funny. It's one of my favorite lines. It. You want to talk about real world Star Wars. You want to talk about building, <laughs> the, building the the lore or building the world. That was amazingly real. And then, it, you know, when the other groups coming up, it's just like, I don't know. It was so it it, it set the tone of oh, this is what we're doing, like yeah, it, yeah. It, it was delivered, and it wasn't just the line existing. It was the way it was delivered. It's like yep, we we are definitely doing something different here.
3: Yep, like here's the normal list of things I tell every guest every time they enter the club about know this, know that, and here's the thing I have to add tonight is like and we're out of the special, we don't have you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And and I think you know once you go back to it, it it really builds that picture that that's you know the expensive, uh, brothel. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the Primor people seem like they are also just trying to get through their day job, right? Yeah, yeah. Mosque and Karn are trying to make something of this, and a lot of the other people are like, but I'd have to filter the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it helps paint a picture too that mm-hmm. the the it's not it's not booming business at the brothel no. tonight. No, no, no. Yeah, love that um, um Yeah, yeah go, go ahead.
4: ahead. I was, just, you know, I think my mind immediately goes to the the Nurci and vetch scene Mm-mm. which is uh is on loan from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy it was amazing mm-hmm. love that you need to work you need to work this bad whoa just great just
3: great yeah he said all i needed to do was stand here <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: just a, he's gonna read some vogon poetry after this it's great
3: yeah absolutely uh wonderful um a couple of things I liked. I, I liked the way that the picture of the fact that that Cassian has, has lots of relationships when people mm. are asking him about his wound and Bic says, you know, did you fall on a jealous husband?
5: Yeah. That <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: yeah, was a nice uh, zinger. Um, that, that entire first scene with Karn and chief Hine, you know, we, we both talked about that actor. He, he's so mm. great. Everything he's saying is meaningful, powerful, uh depressing in some ways mm-hmm. but the way he says it the the choice of words is extremely funny the uh you know we, uh, coming up with the story of what happened to them we don't need a parade yeah <laughs> yeah uh come up with something sad but inspiring in a mundane sort of way uh <laughs> that to me is like the comedy of of parody right yeah. uh, the, the comedy of the the way we know that you know news gets Fun in our real world to be to hit this exact emotional beat of like, mm-hmm. this is how we want people to react to it. Um, yeah. That, that line in particular, but almost every line he says made me laugh in in a dark way.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, dark, very, very dark way. But yes, no, it, it was, it's a spectacular scene for so many reasons, but there's some inherent comedy in there.
3: Yeah. Yep. And you, you and I both referenced it already, but the, but Cyril Karn's adjustments to his suit of like the, you <laughs> just your suit that's pop, pockets piping some. Tailoring, <laughs> uh, it's so funny.
4: It's so oh god, it it really is. It's telling, but funny.
3: Yeah, I have just a couple more. How about you? What else you got? In
4: yeah, that's no, pretty much the big ones for me. I mean, the, the the there's all the way through. But again, the comedy comes from real a real spot. And 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 look, sometimes uh, you know, sometimes Star Wars has broad humor, and it's not for everyone. And sometimes I enjoy it, and other times that eh, doesn't hit as much, or or the impact is lessened over over time when you see it again and again. Uh, but uh, this is uh, very well written, without a doubt. Uh, and I love the way a lot of the comedy moments found, uh, found their way to the screen.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, there are just uh, a couple other kind of uh, characters of, of whimsy, some specific comedy lines, but more just that, that sense of the fantastic that is really important to me in mm-hmm. Star Wars. Uh, a big one being the Time Grappler, uh, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of us have loved since that uh, trailer. Um, but really getting to see him announcing the end of the workday and then the beginning of the workday, uh, all the shots of how seriously he takes his job, yeah, the, the precision, it. right? Uh, and the, the, the grunts <laughs> mm. in love with the time grappler. Uh, I, I saw some people already very excited by the character Willie, uh, the person I'm calling uh, entitled invasive mass transit hat guy. <laughs> He's
4: something else. He was
3: great. <laughs> right? And, and I think this is what the power of this day-to-day storytelling. You can kind of ask yourself like that. That's funny. We all know, you know, that's like any, time you've ever been on a plane, a bus, mm-hmm. a train, right. And somebody starts a conversation when you're clearly like, everything is radiating. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't need a conversation. Uh, so you can kind of almost ask yourself why it's there, but I, I think it's so, he's so supportive of the themes, right. Of yes. He's so entitled. Uh, Ferex is so beneath him. These changes mm-hmm. uh, are no good. He's, uh, so invasive in people's uh truth right mm-hmm. With, say, oh you don't have to tell me i know I, I know I started a conversation that you don't want then I got up and moved over and demanded yeah. more truth from you, you know? yeah
4: yeah yeah <laughs> uh, you, yeah Franny agrees uh about that <laughs> is Franny okay she's okay she's okay she's uh, really enjoys that sequence no it, it's it, it's you know what's interesting about what his his name is Willie or people calling him willie
3: <laughs> uh, no in the credits it appears to be Willie. Uh W I L L I. Like Willie Lohman. Got it. Um mm. I
4: I love everything about this because he has this great line. It never changes, doesn't it? You know what they say? What's that? If you can't find it here, it's not worth finding, which is is, is important for for uh Luthan going into town. But it's 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 literally like an old 1950 styles bus, right? Mm-hmm. He's got the old kind of like going to the day at the office with a briefcase and fedora kind of look. And you're right. He's talking about um, struggling with the change. He's talking about this bad side of time. Watch your wallet. And Mm -hmm. you talk about what's at play uh, with, uh, you know, real world uh, politics, but just also points of view, perspectives, um, culture clashes and refusal to change, refusal to acknowledge those beneath you that you feel is beneath you. It's 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 again, very telling stuff all wrapped up in that guy in the subway. We all know.
3: Yep. Yeah. 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 After you've been here for two weeks, you can still taste it. Nasty. Yeah. Yep. And you're right. He, he, he is. He's. He is a traveling uh, booster salesperson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, like Willie Loman, he thinks he has the bad territory. Uh, yes. It's not. That's not going to work out for him. He mm-hmm. just had the good territory. Uh, final thing for me. Uh, uh, I am in love with the stairs droid. That it's not uh, you know a physical object they pull over it's a droid built to be stairs to disembark a fifty space bus oh this is the kind of stuff that like honestly i could have taken a little bit more of in rogue one and i was a little afraid for myself and my own taste wouldn't be there uh-huh. those just kind of that that fantastic world building that is on the edge of absurdity right um mm, yeah that uh, that's what makes it we, we can be we can be grounded. We can get into the day to day. We can do all those things. We can get closer and closer to, uh, uh, you know, direct uh, parallels to the real world. But from my taste in Star Wars, I still just want some like the weird and the fantastic. And I was so mm-hmm. happy to see a droid who exists to be stairs.
4: <laughs> Add it to your collection today, kids. Yeah. I love it. It's it's up there with the Arrested Development stairs uh, car uh, as far as uh, stairs. I want to collect. Um uh, but no yeah. and, and I know what you mean too of just there was a lot of little details right from the beginning that um I was just very happy to see uh, it, it definitely feels like Rogue One looks like Rogue One Rogue One has a lot of it there but it, it, it mm-hmm. we're allowed to live with it a little bit more.
3: Yeah exactly the 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 some of the designs the the in, in the beginning when Cassian's walking down to the brothel the the aliens and the the people mm-hmm. and beans in the bubbles yeah, yeah it's like human ads uh, yeah uh, mm-hmm. really otherworldly. I still want to feel like Star Wars is otherworldly, you know? Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's move on to a segment that we've added specifically for Andor. It would be weird to add it in other shows. Uh, favorite Luthan line or noise?
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to choose just one of each. Uh, there's so many wonderful things. And and some of these we did her before, but like these days when well, Cassian Endor is great. Uh, It Mm -hmm. rings in the air. I loved his, I was hoping for a more relaxed conversation. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And, and, but the big line, man, the big line, don't you want to fight these bastards for real? Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Stellar Skarsgård, expect nothing less but uh, uh, perfection from him and uh, he's delivering.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I wrote down four because I didn't know which you would go for. <laughs> uh, the the kind of, uh, I expected this to just be our fun section, but I just did, did want to shout yeah. out that, that moment where he is, he he's still trying to sell Cassian, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. convince him, but he's kind of walking away and he's kind of talking to himself and you feel like he's talking about his own experiences about, you know, the voice of the Empire and saying, the sound of that voice telling you to stop, to go to move, telling mm-hmm. you to die. Like, mm-hmm. It's easy to say um, authoritarianism is bad because it takes away people's freedom. Th- that's basically what he's saying, right? But he's yeah. saying it in a visceral way of like, I, it, it's in my bones, it's in my soul, the pain of, mm-hmm. of being controlled, my entire life being controlled by this voice of power. So I just thought that was really powerful and got me really excited to know Luthen's backstory. Yeah.
4: Um, yeah, a lot more come with him. I can't wait.
3: Yeah. So the, uh, the couple of pick, uh, for, I, I love Luthen's uh, flair on his credit display. Like he didn't have to go that hard. No. He, he could have held his hand up with a, <laughs> sh- <laughs> uh, showing them all. Uh, yeah. I also really like, I put slap charges on the door because I just like the phrase slap
5: charges. Slap
4: charges. Brace
3: yourself. And then immediate boom. And f- final one is hard to pick. Uh, it's, it's a, it's, uh, when they have, uh, discovered based on the fleeing aliens where Karn, which house Karn is hiding in. Mm. And Cassian has a blaster on him, and you don't even see Luthen. You just hear, "Kill him!" <laughs> yes. yes. And then when it doesn't happen, you hear, "I'll kill him." Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's it's violent and it's scary, but it reminded me of this uh, of this uh, thing that from from my cultural life uh, growing up in Minnesota, where nobody wants to take the last piece of pizza, and nobody wants to be rude, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then somebody eventually breaks, <laughs> usually after drinks, and like there's one there's one piece of pizza left. Eat it. I'll eat it then. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like that to me. Kill him. All right, I'll go. That. Love that. Uh, yeah. It's great. It's great. So good. So good. Is there anything in our epic first episode of the Ender Report that we haven't touched on that you wanted to?
4: Um. I think let me, let's see. We did touch upon the time grappler. I want an old classic Kenner figure. i hopefully get something from him, but as that, that is the character you'd get at J.J. J. J. Newberry in the bargain bin, You're like, is this even a star Wars character? And then he'd become <laughs> your favorite. Uh, everything about that. I, I can't wait to find out more about Marvin's decision. I think we did talk about it. One of the things I want to, I want to shout out. I, we definitely men- mentioned the character, but, uh, Bix Kayleen, uh, Adria Arjona is, uh, amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. wonderful. I think such a key part of it. Um, part of the big themes and uh, worked in a lot of ways. And look, you know, I think a lot, a lot is going to be talked about. There's some, um, you know, uh, expressed sexuality in a way that we have not seen in Star Wars. Really. Mm-hmm. We've read it, but you talked about mm-hmm. it on top. We've read about it, but to actually see it, um, she brought so much to it and I'm so intrigued by it. And she, especially that, that third episode, with what happens to her, the loss of Tim. I uh, just want to make sure we're hi- highlighting that character. and I know we will more going forward, but um, yeah, love the work.
3: Yeah, no, she, she is so powerful and such an interesting character of of somebody who is is figuring out a way to to function right mm-hmm. uh, within this this world that that talking about uh, uh, surface truth and real truth, her conversation you know with uh, with Salman right of the code mm-hmm. in order to even get into that space. Um, yeah, yeah, really powerful to see this person who is striving hard to uh, to lead a a real life among this horror and, mm-hmm. and is being further directly affected by the horror by the end when when she's you know being having violence enacted on yeah. her for no reason right no yeah. reason at all and then with him and then just the, the quick thing i'll say about the the um the just kind of healthy normal sexuality of like yeah, yeah. i'm dating this guy i like him there's some tension in our relationship but i do want this relationship and you know i'm going for mm-hmm. it that stuff is in the books absolutely um and for me i think uh it was um i'm certainly open to hearing all sorts of other opinions but i did like that it was just like to me it was just sort of presented that it wasn't glamorized in my opinion it Mm -hmm. was sex is a part of life so is calf so is going to work Mm
5: -hmm. so is
3: dealing with exes (laughs) yeah so is worrying about money it's this is a part of the experience of being alive and being human
4: yeah yeah and and uh, that's part of uh, seeing this side of Star Wars, and 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 I do like that this is uh, pr- presented differently, and it worked for me. But I, but I was t- I, so I remember you and I were we were having some conversations, um, off air. I, I um, it was odd. Um, my first the first viewing when when she goes over and she starts to kind of. Uh, uh just robe a bit there. I I immediately I literally went like no 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 we don't no 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 we don't do that here. We don't do that in Star Wars. No 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 um so uh I had to push push through that and and I think uh in the end it's uh really well done
3: yeah uh yeah and i am i uh, really want to say this is the way that i received mm-hmm. it and i want to be very open to hearing all of the interpretations of how lots of different people uh, uh yeah. received it you know absolutely, and, and not make assumptions about what other people think or feel just state my opinion on that one and maybe it will change after i i hear more uh, but i was happy to just see kind of normal you know space human sexuality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing that I want to be sure to touch on uh, is the music, right? Um, yes. Always a big discussion in Star Wars, especially as we get these Disney Plus shows and, and the Star Wars buffet with different flavors. <laughs> uh, yeah. more, more dishes get added to the buffet. One of the big things that's, uh, you know, spices that change the flavor is the music. Um, Nicholas Patel, who's done a bunch, but I know him from Succession, I thought the music was pretty amazing. I, I loved, I loved mm-hmm. that it was uh, haunting. Um, it was sort of, there are moments where it's kind of sad and muddy and, and jangling. It felt like emotions bubbling mm-hmm. and then explosions, right? Which is, which is yeah. great. Um, but one of the things I was just really affected by, uh, we had known that there was going to be different, um, mm-hmm. versions of the, uh, of the credits, right? Um, yeah. And th- at the end of episode two, when it he, right after Willie, Willie Space Loman's line about if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. And and or the shot of Andor being like, he is the thing that people want. And the music yeah. explodes into this very uh, rock beat. What, what was fascinating to me about that is a lot of times percussion in Star Wars is orchestral. You know, it's, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. Divani, it's big cymbals. It's it chimes and, and wood blocks. Uh, it, it, yeah, that might have been electronic but the but what i heard was a human at a rock set that was a hi-hat mm-hmm. and a 14 inch snare and a fill with a from a snare to a tom it was i could feel that in my bones that yeah. that's a drum set like i own like my dad taught me to play on that really hit me and i, I really like that variety
4: yeah, I'm really glad you highlighted that and and share your personal connection to it. I I really love that. That's um because I wasn't you know with this type of score, you're not humming anything yet, right? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you are, but m- for the most part, you know, you're you're not humming Yoda's theme. It's a little different, and and, and they talked about the the vocabulary of Star Wars music, but really it, it it fits in right. It fits in with the show. It fits in with Star's Galaxy. I love that. ending. yeah, it was rock. It was rock with little industrial. It was like a David Bowie remix of little wonder. It was just like <laughs> something else out there. And that, that really stuck with me. Uh, and then the, 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 final, the third uh, episode ending with the music. I was I like, just hearing, it. I wasn't, I, I, I'm not great at picking out tunes and everything, but like I wasn't humming it on the way to the comedy show. I just was hearing it in my head mm. and it was, uh, it was haunting me in, in all the best ways. So really love what they're doing. Um, you know, and it's thing sometimes new is going to feel real new until it becomes, uh, what you know and love.
3: Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that was great. Any predictions or hopes for next episode or, uh, you know, the show?
4: Yeah. Uh, this is where, uh, yeah, we're wondering, I want to race up that class elevator to Mon Mothma, not glass Mm -hmm. class, uh, definitely can't wait for more Luthen, but with a wig. Uh, and then, um, I, I, I'm tracking, Cyril Karn, man, for me is, is again, I don't want to say standout like he stole the show. Everyone was firing on all cylinders, especially B2Emo. But there's just something on, uh, he, he makes me wonderfully uneasy. Like, it's just, it, it's the center of a lot of things going on in this story that is about Andor. That's about other big concepts. But him, uh, the way Kyle is playing it, I want more Cyril Karn imploding. And I want to mm-hmm. see where that goes.
3: Yeah, I I think that we're going to see a a little bit more of why he is the way he is. And I Mm -hmm. think that to your prediction, we're going to see his opportunity to learn and very possibly not taking it. Um, And, you know, he started this (laughs) on 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 Ferex by not approaching it in a better way. And it looks like he's just going to escalate. Right. Uh, to To prove himself. And, you know. Bix and many other people are probably not going to receive that well right Right. and we've seen hints of that in the trailer so very excited for that Um, I'm Mm -hmm. really excited for quality Mothman time of course and I'm also excited uh, to find out how much of Cassian's history is going to be filled in Mm -hmm. the the talk of of the hanging of his father the his uh, imperial record insurrection destruction of imperial property assault on an imperial soldier if that's if we're going to see some of that story uh, what mm-hmm. the kind of flashback structure is I'm really excited about and then the last big thing is is you know Lucian and Cassian are launching off you know to go you know get, kind of get in loser we're going to do a rebellion kind of vibe <laughs> but i uh, i don't think Cassian is quite involved ready to be involved in the fight yet i think mm-hmm. he needs his sister more than he needs the fight in his actual yeah. attention you know and then final thing is I'm really excited about how, how much does Luthen care about Cassian as a person? Or has Luthen tipped into that Sagarera like place where he does care about Cassian, but he's so motivated he can't stop himself from seeing Cassian as a, as a tool and a means to an end?
4: It's a great point. It's a great point because I love Luthen, but yeah, you're right. There's a little strain of that. And uh, yeah,
3: mm, good stuff. Yeah. Powerful stuff. You already talked about a little bit, uh, what we always wrap up these uh, report shows on of what merch we would want based on these episodes, because that's a part of the fun of Star Wars. Um right there with you. I need a Time Grappler action figure. What other merch would you want based on the first three episodes of Andor?
4: Oh, this is, it's easy. Outside of the, the desire for a real-life B2 Emo, uh, I do think we need the first ever Lego Star Wars brothel set. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, let's lean into what the show's doing here. You know, I love that they have the usually the cute little Lego title. So let's just call it, you know, Cassian kills officers playset scene. Like, let's just let's <laughs> lean into it. Just lean into it. You know, you get uh, the, you get yeah. the uh, brothel hostess minifig. Like, you get get all of it.
3: Yeah, yeah. With the, this is the party house Lego set. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want just the closed upstairs room in Lego Yeah. <laughs> <I mean>, <laughs> Upstairs Friendly's lounge is closed. Yeah. <laughs> the closed upstairs lounge. Build it, kids. No, that is absolutely great.
4: I want the old style, style uh, Kenner commercials uh, where it's like, you can open up the upstairs lounge if you want.
3: <laughs>
4: Batteries included. Sur-
3: yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Saw is in the upstairs lounge. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. yeah uh would love that um i need a stair action figure in every scale immediately that's the mm-hmm. my most desired action figure mm-hmm. I, i'm so taken with b2 emo's uh little little charging pod um i want one for my phone so oh, like yeah. b2 emo's in it uh, but it's in this little charging thing but you can slip your phone in there and your phone can charge up uh not not to mm-hmm. tell lies on social media but just to charge up with b2 yeah. emo yeah yeah uh, and final thing, uh, obviously action figure, but I also want a time grappler alarm clock.
4: <laughs> God, I, uh, Grace would leave me, but, um, yes,
5: <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. I think I would, I would bring it home and I'd be so thrilled with it. And then, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it would, it would probably, uh, become unpopular and I would maybe have to <laughs> not use it as an alarm clock, but just as, bong, a, as a statue. Bong, bong, so, boom. Oh, yeah. Oh. So cool. Did All right, do, that is right.
4: Our- I'm sorry. I, I'm dealing with a lot of back no. pain, right? Like I've still got this back pain. I got a doctor's appointment coming. Who knows what's on the way from my, my back? But I just could not, I, I couldn't escape the pain that just probably shoots down his arms into his back and hips and legs with the, hitting that, hitting that, uh, the time, <laughs> hit, hit the time grappler, hitting the time machine, hitting the rock. Oh, the, oh. The, it just hurt me, but I
3: loved it. Oh, he, he need yeah, he needs some stretching. He needs some bhakta. Oh. He's walking up those whole, those stairs, walking yeah. up and down those stairs. I didn't see any elevator. He's walking up and down those stairs every time. Yeah. When he does twice a breath. day.
4: Yeah. When he does the breath, oh,
3: like, it's so good. It's so good. it it. is amazing yeah Yeah. just yeah chef's kiss a thousand times Uh, (laughs) that is our epic look at the first three episodes of Andor we are very excited uh, for more excited to hear what uh, other people think all that kind of stuff but for now Ken where can people find us
5: hey we
4: are the Four Center podcast feed and we love going in deep on Star Wars episodes media and the like so if you want to uh, follow us and join the party there do so by reaching out on Twitter at Four Center pod we're on Instagram and YouTube as well. and YouTube, we like doing monthly live Q&As and more. Uh, check us out over there. Give us a sub if you'd like. Uh, you can find the podcast in a lot of spots. Oh, also on Facebook at Force Center for Podcast. We're on Acast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just search. You'll find us. Hey, if you want to leave a review when you're there, we'd appreciate that. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Uh, I have talked so long today with no water that you can tell in my mouth there. And finally, you can support us directly at Patreon dot com slash force center. You can follow me at catnapsock or go to my website, CadnapSock.com for more you, sir.
3: Yes, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com to links to comedy albums, uh, future shows, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, links to my YouTube page. I've been asking uh, people to uh, subscribe and watch some videos to get back to monetization. And so many force center listeners have been doing that. Thank you so much. I really, really uh, appreciate that. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for the stairs droid, for Tim's socks, and so many other exciting things, this has been the Andor Report.